tip today in association with Slattery's of Pecan, your main Peugeot dealer for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie Morning, welcome along to Tip Today, 1800-938-007. That's our free phone number. It uh, won't cost you anything to make a call. And Emma is looking after the programme today. Coming up on the show, the great son of Tipperary Shane McGowan has passed away at the age of uh, 65. We'll speak to many people who knew him. We'll speak to songwriters uh, Mick Hanley and Johnny Doohan as well. And uh, we'll play a very interesting piece from 2018 where uh, Trudy Lawler went to visit Shane at his home in uh, Dublin and uh, we'll remind you of that as well. And we'll fit in some uh, music from Shane McGowan throughout the programme as well. Uh, We'll also have Johnny Luby in just a little while and our Friday panel will unpack the hot topics of uh, the week. Now we have a 50 euro voucher to give away uh, today and it's by way of celebration of the fact that shopping is amazing in Thurless this year and indeed Santa will be turning on the lights officially in Thurless today. So if you listen out for this... It's Christmas in Thales. Uh, that will be your cue to call, and we have a 50 euro voucher to give away, a one for all voucher in association with Campion Insurance on Liberty Square in Thales. And we have a 50 euro voucher for Jennings Opticians on Liberty Square in Thales as well. So the nice prizes when you hear that cue to call, all you have to do is text or WhatsApp 083 311 uh, Give us your name and your details, and we will pop you in the draw. It's a simple as that. Don't forget, you can email tiptoday at tipfm.com Now there's only one main story on the front pages today and that is the death of Shane McGowan and sub-editors are scrambling for superlatives and uh, alliteration as well. Uh, the Daily Mail saying you had the measure of our dreams, the Irish Times, Shane McGowan, the iconoclast who became a Nikon, uh, the examiner, the greatest songwriter of our generation, and the independent, a poet and a punk. So as I say, that's dominating uh, the front pages today and some wonderful photography of Shane as well. All right, then, it's, it's time for Johnny Louie. Good morning to you, Johnny. Good morning, friend. Good morning to the listeners. Good, good to talk to you. Sad news there about Shane McGowan, Johnny. That's right, Jeff, and I was certainly one of his big uh, followers, like many people, and of course, the fact that when we discovered he had uh, Tipperary roots yeah. and uh, it brought the reality home, you know, he was uh, one of those wonderful singers, you know, and yeah. poets and songwriters and everything else, you know, and I suppose you were uh, reading there in the papers, you know, he certainly blackguarded himself and that that's why I'm going to take a pull myself <laughs> and stay <laughs> away from many of the watering holes. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, look, he was a wonderful character. You know, I see somebody there, you see all the snippets there on the funny things, you know, some reporter said to him, uh, see, he was big into Charlie Hawhey, you know, yeah. and uh, that did he think uh, Charlie Hawhey was uh, devious, they said to him. He said, wouldn't he effing well want to be? He said, will you, will you look at what he was dealing with? He said, no, that's all of them, you know. And you could picture him saying it, friend, you know, and... Uh, only for Philly Ryan's pub there in Nina was so far away. I mean, the television cameras were there yesterday yeah. to interview four or five lads that went to see him there during the past week. I certainly would have uh, made a trip to uh, uh, Philly Ryan's, but we will get there someday. I think just, uh, Philly is the undertaker, Nina, very friendly with uh, James Everton, them, but uh, uh, the 
when you look at the lads that were there, you'd have no no wonder that he was good buddies with them or they were, were yeah, good buddies. Or, or that he was know. his favourite pub. He just loved it there, so you can understand why, I suppose, yeah. Oh yeah, fantastic absolutely fantastic. You know, and I suppose this morning evening at five at five o'clock listening to the uh, any day waves, uh, mm. they when they when they sang the fairy tale of New York, mm. you know, and you see that particular line that if it was in a pub singing uh, that we'd all join in, you know, your scumbag, your maggot, your cheap, lousy faggot, Merry Christmas, yeah, and all that careful. Yeah. Hey, listen, uh, yeah. uh, you'd always associate Christmas then coming up because that song gets played and, and you'd never get tired of listening to it. No, I'm sure, I'd say it's a wonderful song, a wonderful lyric to it uh, as well, but anyway, uh, yeah, may, but he, may he rest sim- in peace, yeah. Yeah, our sympathies. Uh, Franny, played with the Pogues. Mm. Uh, did you... Did you did you play with them, the Pogues? No, I, regretfully not, Johnny. I, I wouldn't yeah. mind if I played with the Pogues. No, yeah. no. You were with a fair, a fair few. Uh, oh uh, God! Back the years, an I'll tell you now. I'll write a book someday, Johnny, and it will all be revealed. I promise you. Yeah, well, I I told a fellow last night in in Thorolands, I was at the Bridge House Gold, and I said. Frank Curry, the only man I know of, can keep his two hands in his pocket and still play the bloody uh, piano. <laughs> I said, I don't know how it is done. <laughs> it's mind control, Johnny. Mind uh, control. Yeah, 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 yeah. So talk to us about GAA as well, uh, Johnny. That's anyway, what's, what's the story? To come at- yeah, com- yeah. Uh, commiserations to Clamel Commercials. They were beaten in the Munster semi-final. They put up a good old battle, but I suppose when one reads the Nationals with JJ Kennedy's mm. article, you know, we have failed all over the place with our club systems. I, I thought genuinely that our Premier Intermediate would be way stronger. Uh, you know, a lot of on the day were beaten by the, the, the clear lads. I just thought that, uh, you know, but it's like everything else, that's, that's the way we are, and... Mm. That, and whilst we seem to have a good club structure and a good club championships, nevertheless, uh, we don't seem to be able to advance beyond the semi-final or maybe even beyond the final if mm. we were lucky enough to get to now it. What but are you putting that down to, Johnny? I don't know, Frank. Mm. We probably just haven't got the talent around, you know, uh, and that. And like, we'll say, uh, the, the elder statesmen of the senior holding the likes of the McGrath and Shemi Callan and those wonderful servants, you know, they don't seem to be replaced in those clubs. And as a result of that, then our club seems, you know, that there's not nothing outstanding out there. There's only five or six points between the top seven or eight. And if you saw it in a race mm. uh, there where the, the first four or five had crossed the line together, that means that the winner wasn't a hectic horse. You know, you'd really want to be stretching them all and winning by six or seven points. I suppose, yeah. M- much but, discussion uh, during the week. I was talking to uh, John Lahey and I was talking to Timmy Hammersley yesterday as well. And they mentioned about the development squads, uh, Johnny, and even some of the negative aspects of the development sp- uh, squads in terms of young lads being dropped and, and, and stuff, you know. And uh, it was kind of interesting. What are your thoughts on that, Johnny? Yeah, you see, I suppose if one looks at uh, the way players can slip through the system yeah. and not be spotted, like that, we just say Lark Harbour. I don't know if he's ever on a Tipperary minor Holland team or whatever, and still he turned out to be one of our most outstanding mm. players. Uh, and that, and mm. look, and Timmy Hammersley told us himself he was overlooked because he was a small lad at the time. Do you know? I, yeah. Mm. Well, yeah. Uh, I, I, I suppose myself, I, I made the tip minors. I genuinely thought after captaining Cashel to a hearty cup final that I would have made the tip on the 21s because according to the papers, I was probably good enough mm. uh, 
but but never did. Uh, now maybe maybe they knew about myself and and uh, and, and ourself and things like that, and then things don't go down well, you know. But uh, yeah, look, I, uh, yeah, it's hard to know. Like I mean, we seem to have fantastic under. Uh, maybe 15 and 17 squads that are winning their uh, cups and that and getting mm. to finals and that. And it's just to get them through. And it could be another three or four years. I hope to God that we get an All-Ireland before 2030 because uh, if we don't, it'll mean that the 20s was the only decade that we haven't won an All-Ireland and we'd be the only team uh-huh. uh, uh, county, uh, county in Ireland. Uh, we are at the moment the only county that has won an All-Ireland in every decade. So I'd like to see us picking yeah. up one just, next just four years. Limerick, Limerick is looking so strong, Johnny. You know? Oh, yeah, they are. You can have no doubt about it. And yeah. Look, the Hearty Cup, uh, we have two teams left in the last yeah. days, uh, Tullus CBS and Nina CBS, and hopefully one of them or the two of them will come through. Yeah. Casual Community School last year when we were beaten by a pint uh, the, the other day. I think that game was on in... in uh, to rid of fellow top bench or someplace. But look, they, they, I suppose they were delighted with their win last year. They had four or five players. And look, I wasn't at the game. So when you're mm-hmm. beaten by a pint, you'll always say that's a game that we should have won, you know. And in the Camogie, friend, you know, our ladies were beaten there. Uh, Dominique, they put up a marvellous performance against South Street and South Cork. Mm-hmm. And uh, I happened to be in uh, John Ned's pub, which is Tony Brennan's, right across the, from the church in... Uh, Clenality, mm. and a, a few of the Southfield supporters uh, uh, arrived in and we had our crack with him for a blast. And this chap comes over to me uh, and he said, he's, does God live far from here? Well, this other fellow piped up then, he's right across the road, the church. No, I said, no, no, no. I said, God is about 21 miles from here. I said, you do it in about 25 minutes. He knew I was on the same wavelength as himself, Nicky English. We used to, to call him God, and everyone else called him God. I said, if you go through Dundrum, Cape Town, and go out to Colin, I said, Nicky English is out that, that, uh, that neck of the woods. But... Uh, yeah, in uh, in uh, rugby, uh, Leinster beat uh, Munster. Munster put up a marvellous show. I didn't think they had a massive chance. But mm. fair play to Dion McBadden. He's the new captain from New India. Mm. Uh, uh, and that Mary, Mary Badden's and the Badden's are a well-known family. A great family India. there, yeah. I, 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 and it's marvellous for them, friends. Yeah. Uh, that, uh, you know, and seemingly he's a right good captain. He might be quiet, but he's able to command the dressing room okay. and he's able to talk to the referees without uh, giving them any go for whatever mm. the case may be. Not like myself, friend, a good few years ago. Uh, so I when, believe, I was, Johnny. So I believe. When I was in, I was in <laughs> the Golden Kilfeetle under 16 uh, team and we were being let, bet below in Golden by our neighbours, the Kickens were being led by 16 pints at half time, and I was supposed to go in and resurrect our lads inside in the dressing room by breaking holies. And chairs at the whole lot, but I just said to the referee, uh, he was kneeling down. I said, Mick Canan is retiring next week in Belly Dial. He was a top class jockey, uh, in Belly Dial. And he says, Yeah, Johnny, he says, What are you telling me that for? Well, I said, With the way you're writing us, I said, You need to even apply for the second job. I said, You'll get it. So I said, Did for Basham to the West Ford? I think uh, I got suspended for three months and Golden got fined for fine 300, but I never paid anything anyway. And I think you're from that day to this. Yeah. But, uh, what else is Munster, happening, Johnny? Uh, Munster play tonight on television oh, yeah. and uh, 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 they're on Tina G. That's in uh, a sellout in, in uh, Musgrave Park. Cashler at home to Melbourne tomorrow. Nina away to Malone. Nina having a fantastic season. Mm. As are Cashel. Mm. And Clan Miller at home in Ardea to uh, Tullamore. So the best of luck to them. Kilfeekler at home against uh, Ken Turk on Sunday. But... Uh, 
we, I called to Tim Nitz in, band, in uh, drum band. Mm. Hold on one second. This bloody phone, huh? you won't believe it is Coney. I'm knocking him off now. He's on the other phone. But, uh, <laughs> Tell him ring uh, at a more or appropriate God, time. He, he done the same thing last I know he did, yeah, did. yeah. This but, is uh, deliberate, uh, you know that, don't you? Yeah, Tim yeah. Nitz in drum band on Sunday and... Uh, Trent, uh, he's been doing a few gigs there in the next couple of days. Fix your Tony with your shirt off. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm in the middle, and, and I had full blast. Uh, on December the 16th, which is uh, on a Sunday night, I think, they've spinned the wheel, a heap of pro- bloody prizes up there in Tim Ned's, yeah. uh, and that top class, December the 21st, hot eyes are playing, and on the switch to 22nd, Juice is wild, and uh, a grand name on the 31st of December, Keith Hurley's, and uh, does some of the things there in 8A, I'm doing something for the uh, Skull Cormac, mm. please God, in a couple of months' time, and uh, Tim Ned is looking after my uh, my, my needs. But uh, the county board draws on tonight, Clamell Oak, uh, is the thing, Fran. You'd never know you might I have to win. I have to win tonight, Johnny. And fair play to Stevie Gleason and Tip FM. It will be broadcast live at 9 o'clock. I, uh, Tim Flight has the set nav out in uh, Newport, <laughs> how to get that there. <laughs> but then in, in Drumbang Corp, imagine a man said to me, when I just said, have you... Uh, Salt, a bag of salt was to throw out on the Tissum Coop friend. Oh, fantastic. From, from Coop. Fantastic. They survived the battle with all the big Coops yeah. around. They held yeah. their own. Fair yeah. play to them. But uh, I said, Have you a salt? He said, We have. And I said, Have you a small bit of uh, twine I needed for a job? Uh, he said, We have Johnny Luby. He said, We have everything in Upper Church Drum Band. Yeah, I said, But have you Hollows? Friend, he showed me the bloody door, but that was the end of that. Rightly so. So you didn't get the twine or the salt, I guess, did you? No, but they have everything. They are a wonderful co-op. Column and the staff are holding a cookout morning Saturday tomorrow at Brown's Supermarket in Clahean. It's in aid of that wonderful school in Cashel, Skull Cormac, from 10 to 1, raffles, etc. And I'm certainly hoping to be there around 11 o'clock to support this worthy cause. And of course, tomorrow night in the Dome in Tullus, they say a sincere thanks to the sellout crowd uh, at 7 o'clock in the Dome in Tullus this far the in Tullus just hold on one second now and I have it here mm. uh, it's a concert raise fund in aid of the palliative care service in the community hospital of the Assumption and the Shore Haven okay. a retreat area in putting up a garden so they say a sincere thanks mm. uh, friend the sixth class in Clara and they're holding a junior entrepreneur market day in the school hall today from 10 to one thirty. all are welcome their bakeries a Christmas stall stationery stall uh, the Centre Eli's Abbey Retail and of course Mahos Londis and Imaginarium Shop uh, bookshop market uh, all associated with it so friend if you're passing home there before half one uh, you could definitely call in there you will get a, a, a free bun uh, of course the Wild Plowing Championship uh, our plowing is with care chambers of commerce uh, they have tractors cars bikes Christmas lights turned on at five o'clock all the Yokes will have lights on them, etc. The registration is at O'Donnell's Filling Station. You know that place on I the do, old Fant- Fantastic outlet there, really. A fantastic. fantastic. Oh, and the friend, food and everything. Oh, yeah. yeah. All the proceeds are to the South Tip Hospice. Mm. And me, and uh, Pat, this Pat Murphy, I don't know him, but he, he's coming along with shots on him, no matter how cold <laughs> it is, to see Santa Claus. Uh, <laughs> now, friend, uh, yeah. talking about fundraisers. Yeah. I had a call from uh, Noel Hogan. 
in Borosakane. You gave him. Deirdre's uh, uh, husband. Deirdre Dassey Hogan. Did you hear what they raised, Fran? No, I didn't. How, how much, Johnny? 221,800. No way. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that Wasn't fantastic? that unbelievable? Tis thanks to the guards in Nina, she was in the guards in Nina. Tis thanks to the people of Borosake, and they said tis thanks to all the surrounding areas. They raised over 70,000 uh, that day. I was up at the field. They, uh, I was mm. doing a bit of auctioneering on rugby tickets and bales of straw and the whole lot. People are absolutely uh, 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 fantastic the way that they uh, come to the aid. There's 110,000 roughly for the North Tip Hospice and 110,000 for the Irish Cancer Society. Friend, where would you get the likes of that? And Paddy Heffernan is of the North Tip Hospice mm. uh, and that friend, absolutely oh, fantastic. And of course, the Dorden family, they're playing in the jockey. My wife went to the cookery demonstration. She said it was absolutely fantastic. She said, and mm. she said, not a deep fat prior to be seen. <laughs> <laughs> you must, you'll have to do your own cooking demonstration, I think, with uh, your deep fat fryer. Yeah. Yeah. What, 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 what is the story? Is, is today a special day? Because 46 years ago today, what happened? Oh, yeah, friend, 44 years ago, yeah, this weekend, for the first time ever in our history in Golden Kilfield, that beloved GA club on the banks of the shore, uh, we won a county title at adult level for the first time. Whilst we had won three county titles under 15, we have never won a, a county senior title, we'll say, at was junior A football and uh, we were lucky enough to beat Borlehan in that uh, uh, county final and of course friend tis like everything else the whips were up and we had pallets outside the bridge house I think Nick Lundigan or Dick Willems was there at the time and uh, at the time around the same time the, the, the pallets and the bonfire was there at the mouth of the river shore and uh, of course, uh, Liam Sullivan, the shopping golden. Yeah. Uh, Liam was playing, uh, was it centre back or centre forward? And uh, he was standing at the riverside of the pallet, and of course, the wind came. And it was around the same time that Mark Spitz, that wonderful uh, swimmer that won yeah. six gold medals, suddenly stepped back in and, <laughs> and fell into the river, <laughs> and he had to swim across the island. And somebody <laughs> said, Another Mark Spitz we have in golden. But, <laughs> friend, I was walking in Edinburgh Camels and I think I took a week sick and a week holiday afterwards. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we had a wonderful time. And trying to finish up, yeah. uh, extending to 464 pages in a lavish production, Chasing Sam Maguire, covering 50 seasons, 1928 to 1977, unearthing mm. many fascinating nuggets along the way. Friend, imagine in 1960. Mm. So intense was the search for tickets for the Down Kerry final that an ad was placed in the Armagh Observer, offering three acres of land in return for ten tickets. <laughs> that unbelievable. Oh, that's brilliant. That and is friend, so brilliant. In, in 1946, there was a collective camp training was permitted in the parties and was common but among the first county Jews. And the Irish Independent said, this was the schedule, 8.30 rise, 9.30 breakfast, 10.30 walk, 12.45 sponging and toweling, 1.30 dinner, 3.30 to St. Coleman's Park for limbering, free exercises, hurtling, sprinting and all that. 5.30 bets with ice and attention to injury. 6.30 tea, 8 o'clock a short walk, 9.45 supper and 10.30 retire. And you'll find that it didn't work because Kelly won it. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and I'll tell you, friend, uh, 
like uh, that. Look, the, the wonderful stories. Uh, yeah. no, no place for ladies. Nineteen twenty-nine. The largest crowd, forty-three thousand four hundred and thirty-nine, turned up to watch Kerry Vehicle Day with many complaining about various discomforts around the stadium. The following day's Irish Independent addressed it thus: Feminine screams rose above the, the tumult, and strong men had difficulties in rescuing the women in danger of being trampled on. Some men. They protested and suggested that it is not fair that they should be allowed in at all <laughs> when the grounds were so crowded. <laughs> Imagine, Fred, if you said that today. Oh, my God. Be, yeah. You'd oh be lynched. God. But it is a wonderful book, and I'll certainly uh, 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 have to get it. And to finish up, in 1947, the Irish press reported that Kevin and Ross Common supporters, they drank Dublin dry on the night before the semi-final. By 6.30, Stout was off, whiskey non-existent, but in an hour, beer and cider had disappeared, sherry and port depleted. By 9 o'clock, one out of every two public houses within walking distance of O'Connell Bridge had closed and put up a sign, sold out completely. Was it a crowd of alcoholics? <laughs> isn't it incredible? Isn't it? How the times have changed, Johnny. Oh, how how they've changed, changed. Yeah, for sure. But, uh, yeah, for, uh, All right, Johnny. Well, great, great to hear from you as always. Where are you playing over the weekend? Where am I playing over the weekend? I, ha- I have a kind of an easy weekend, to be honest with you. I'm down in Kerry on Sunday, so I'm taking it easy for a couple of days. So it's great. By, yeah. By God. Uh, yeah, friend, I must, I must meet up with you, with yourself and Muriel, with yourself especially, because I might be making an old announcement, the 20, not being divorced now or anything like that, uh, The 20, uh, maybe the 22nd of December, I might come in that Friday morning. Uh, that would be great, because Chris Clifford was onto some new in, and he wants to know, what's the story with the elections from Johnny? So would it be related to that in some way? Uh, yeah, you wouldn't know, friend. You wouldn't you know, see. OK. No, yeah, yeah, big announcement, though. Know. Yeah, yeah okay. big announcement. And I'm just talking about divorce. I'll finish on this. The time we all voted on divorce. Yeah. Uh, and that, you know, um, anyway, there were out canvas and vote, yes, and the whole bloody lot. There was a man inside in a certain town in Tipperary. And he was the greatest certainty of all times to vote yes to divorce. And he met the priest coming out, and the priest said to him, I hope you voted the right way. He said, I did, Father. He said, I voted no. And the priest was taken aback, and he turned, he said, Brown, check. He says, why did you vote no? He said, Jack said, do you see that woman behind me? How could I wish her on anyone else? (laughs) (laughs) Good luck, Johnny. Good luck. luck. Take good care of yourself, my old friend. Bye-bye, Janana. That's the great Johnny Luby there from the Fourpenny Road. 1800-938-007. One of our listeners saying a brilliant show in Nockavilla last night. That that was Jim Keane's play, I think, wasn't it? That was in Nockavilla last night, if memory serves me correct. And I'm sure anything he does is fantastic, so I wouldn't wonder. I want to send uh, condolences to the McGrath family in Cashel on the loss of their mum, Mrs. Breda McGrath. She was a dote of a woman, lovely woman, and always very, very kind and supportive to me and uh, John and Angie and and George as well. Wonderful contributors to the programme over the years. Um, So we want them all to know that we're thinking about them uh, today and condolences uh, to them. We'll take a break. uh, Back in just a moment. Tip today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. Now, Clonmel's Christmas lights will be officially switched on tomorrow when Santa Claus making a special visit uh, to uh, Clonmel. Boys and girls will be out in force, as you can imagine, to greet. Uh, the great man. The parade begins at Leeson's Car Park 
Uh, that's just at the West Gate there in, in Clonmel Town at 4pm and uh, the parade will go through the town as far as uh, the Kickham Barracks Plaza on the Mall and his arrival in Clonmel will coincide with the switching on of the town's lights as well so an exciting day in prospect there. Also Christmas lights in Thurles will be turned on this evening by Santa at 6pm in Liberty Square and that's organised by Thurles Chamber and Tipperary County Council so well done to everybody involved there. Will you get Johnny to send get well wishes to Nell Breen. Well, sorry, I only saw that now, so uh, very best wishes uh, to Nell and indeed a happy Christmas to her uh, as well. Somebody saying Johnny for the Doyle. Um, be careful what you wish for, you see. Just just be really careful what you wish for. Somebody else on to say, I'm stuck for a few bob to tax the car, Fran. Would you ask Johnny, would he wear a pair of long johns for an hour and then I could raffle them? I think there'd be a huge interest in this. I'll provide the long johns. So I'll certainly run it by him. I will definitely run it by him. Uh, tributes continue to pour in from across the world for Shane McGowan, who died yesterday. And Mark Fitzell is known for compiling the many faces of casual books of uh, photographs, but also indeed a singer and entertain him, entertainer himself with the Wigwam uh, Glam Band. And Mark joins me now. Good morning to you, Mark. Good morning, Fran. How things? Uh, things are well, Mark, uh, but uh, sad news there about Shane. But you posted a lovely tribute yourself last night and a photograph of Shane with the band. I think that was in Philly Ryan's, was it? In yeah, there? Philly Ryan's, I suppose. Look, Fran, there's probably, there's probably a lot of people more qualified to talk about Shane McGowan than myself. But, um, yeah, I tell you, Philly Ryan's was an amazing, it was an amazing venue yeah. uh, for about 10 years there. Brilliant, brilliant. And Shane was a regular visitor, as, as you know, to Nina. And often give long spells of time there and I think anyone who ever went through Philly Ryan's probably met Shane mm. at some stage mm. um, probably around 2011 or that um, the photograph we were playing there one night and Tom Keneally who, who, who managed ran the place there for about 10 years um, told the Shane was outside in the bar so before we before we went to, to get dressed up we went down and we had a chat with him but you can see from the picture we were dressed up in the gear and yeah. um, but I suppose, like, Shane was a punk, like, wasn't he? Yeah, you know? yeah of course. Yeah. And speaking to him then, he, he was speaking to us about his love of David Bowie and his love of T-Rex and Sweet, and so that's all the music we play. And I suppose the link, not many people think of the link between glam rock and what Shane McGowan yeah, done. Yeah. But if there's no glam rock, there's no punk rock. You know, that, that's right, because I saw punk always, Mark, as a rebellion against glam, I suppose, and progressive rock and the stuff. But but he embraced it. He, he had Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, you know. Um, I, I don't think you'd have had the Sex Pistols if you didn't have David Bowie yeah, and you didn't yeah. have Mark Boland, you know. So um, I know. Look, he was he, he was he, he was a funny guy, you know, and very given of his time. You know, he we met him there another time as well. But like everybody left him alone in Philly Ryan's. He was just like he was one of the lads, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of a way. Um, I think anyone who ever went through there probably have a photo with Shane. You know, I suppose. So, you know, I suppose. Yeah. But you, but you had a good chat with him and had a know, had, yeah. had, had a great chat with him. You know, I, I, he was lovely. He was only sitting outside with one or two people who were passing in and out, and I'm sure everybody had met him at that yeah. stage. And that um, a couple of years before it, I'd seen the Pogues, like, and I don't know have you ever seen them, Fran? But they were, I never they saw were, them live. Never, oh, never. What, what a band. We saw, we, I saw them at Oxygen. It was probably about 2006 or that. Right. Definitely before I got married, because I wasn't allowed to go after I got married. <laughs> <laughs> oh, get the little dig in, Mark, why don't you? <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. But uh, no, I tell you, they played at about 7 o'clock right, on a Sunday night. And you know anybody who's gone to a festival from, from Thursday, and this is Sunday night, everybody was on their last legs. Yeah. This is 7 o'clock. Um, 
They played in one of the big tents. It was absolutely mobbed. I've never seen a crowd. Probably James Brown is the only one I saw a crowd like that in the tent to see. And um, the band started playing the Irish Rover and then Shane came out and the crowd sang Ronnie Drew's part of it. But it was magic. They probably kicked straight into Fiesta. And then Sally McLennan after. But the tent was wild. I think everybody came back to life after that. Um, yeah, I I, I, pres- I presented band. a show back in the nineties, Mark, in in Tipperary Town, where it was a kind of an awards thing. But but Shane was invited, and he came along to it. In, in fairness to him, now he didn't sing, but when he came out on the stage, there was an atmosphere I can't, I I, I can't even describe now, Mark. Yeah. The, the place went nuts, like you know, absolutely. If you look Fran at the recent, you know, the thing he sticks the birthday, and then yeah. you know the night the night he was on the late late show, and like. That wasn't justice to the man. But 2006, like, his thing, his voice was really, really good. Um, absolutely hopping. He just yeah. stood there like Liam Keller does in a way. Yeah, yeah. But all the madness, it was unbelievable to watch the madness of the band. But the Pogues, the Pogues themselves were an amazing band, Fred. Yeah. An amazing well, band. And, and you, you always appreciate great music. I mean, when you read his lyrics, I mean, the lyrics are yeah. outstanding. I know right? I know everyone talks about the fairy tale in New York, but we're rainy night and so I, I Oh think my God, that's, that's my favourite. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, I, I'd, often, I'd often hear, yes, you know, how many versions of it have been done? I you know, know yeah. I know Damien Dempsey done a gorgeous version of it, but no one will ever do it like Shane. No, no. You know? No. Um, no, amazing band, amazing band. Yeah, and it was amazing. You know, I mean, there's a lot of, I said it at the top of the programme, a lot of superlatives now and people saying all great stuff. But I remember playing in, in England back in the 80s, Mark, and, there, 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 you know, it wasn't universal sort of applause for the post. There, there was a lot no. of people against what they were doing and talking them down and, you know. Yeah, yeah. Do you know how I think? Do you know how Tran? It's it's you know when somebody dies, like when Sinead died and yeah. Christy Dignan, it's all great. Same people are great when they, you know, yeah. when they when they're dead and that. But like, there's a lot of people appreciated Shane McGowan when he was yes, li- alive. My great friend Paddy Cohen here at Wolfson Square Karma with me. Like Paddy, Paddy came into me yesterday morning. He said he's dead. He said, no. you know, I think we were we, we, we were expecting it. Like you know, when you I see know. the pictures that yeah. that went up online the last few days. Um, you know, they, they didn't look good, like, did no, they, you know? No, but you have lovely memories, Mark, and you have a lovely photograph there, as I said, that you're... Yeah, do you know what? It's, it's definitely one to go into a frame now, Fred, yeah. isn't it? Oh, you God, know? absolutely, absolutely. Um, a listener on to know, would I compliment you, and I've never a problem complimenting uh, Mark Fitzell, on the the Zero to 100 project as, as well, yeah, Mark. Yeah, thanks, Fran. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it turned out lovely, you know. We, we've got to finish the right the, the day before I took the last one of it. Just, just to so, remind uh, people of it, Mark, just remind people about so the... literally... What it, what it was, Fran, is I was just trying to think of doing a new a new photography project, and then I saw a book that some that that some girl done in London during lockdown, like you could, when when she could only travel two kilometres from where she lived, so she tried to photograph one person um, of every age from one to a hundred. But I thought last year when I started it that Ireland was a hundred years old, the Irish state yeah, last yeah, year. Yeah. So Mikey Heffern and the Lord of Mercy in outside in Dwala was yeah, born yeah. in 1922. So. I started with Mikey and kind of worked the way back. So I managed to photograph one person who was born in every year of the last hundred years. Fantastic. It wasn't Cashel. I went as far as Clonmel. There was a few people even from outside the Tipperary, Care, Carrick and Shore, Feddert, um, everywhere around. So what I'd hope to do, Fran, is I'd hope to actually put all the pictures in a reel maybe and put them on, on, on Facebook or something like that or... or um, that's put them up on YouTube, and when I do, I might let you know, and you oh, might just please, give it a plug. Please do, put Mark. It, we, to put we... it up, I interviewed a lot of the people as well doing it, but 
like a hundred people are hired to interview Fran, you know, that kind of a way. But it's 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 a lovely it's it's, it's you can literally walk around the room. I had it on uh, I exhibited it in the old extra vision in Cashel and like you walk in the door and pe- it's funny that some people went from a hundred back to zero and other people walked the other way. But I think like in the space of can't see where anybody gets old or where anybody gets yeah, young yeah. walking it along. So I think it's just a lovely reflection on, I suppose, how quick life can be sometimes, oh, you sure know. I know. But what a, what a lovely idea. Mark, just let me know when you want to do anything on that because we would we, 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 we 100% And thanks for all the support oh, and all my little projects. No that, problem that, that, at all. That, that, that and and you look after yourself, Mark, and we appreciate your time this morning. I Thank will, you. of course. Thank Fran, you. thanks a million. Thank you. Bye bye. Delighted to be joined now by Mike Hanrahan of Stockton's Wing, of course. Mike, good morning to you. Good morning, Fran. How are you? I'm I'm good, Mike, but thank you so much for taking time out for us this morning. Uh, Mike, uh, you paid a lovely tribute last night uh, on social media to Shane McGowan. He he was something else, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I loved I loved his music. I loved his songs. But I also loved his perspective on life, you know. He was he was a very educated man. Mm. Uh, he read, widely read. He yeah. absolutely adored our, our culture, our, uh, the Irish culture, the Irish literature, and... Uh, he knew everything that was going on. He was he was actually a great fan of Stockton's Ring, which was a great surprise to me uh, back in the day when I read it in, in that wonderful book, uh, A Drink with Shane McGowan. Yeah, yeah. And, and then I met him at quite a lot. With, well, I didn't know him personally, but I met him quite a lot with Ronnie. I was with Ronnie Drew for yeah. 10 years, so we crossed paths several times and I had plenty of occasion to sit down, just to chat and say hello. And he was always very cordial and lovely and very respectful. And... He was just what he did for Irish music was I just will will be measuring it forever. I think because do you, do you think so, Mike? Will, will you talk to me a little bit about that? How do you think he elevated Irish music? I think he he shook us up a bit in 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 with the band with the Pogues mm. uh, to kind of really consider the music. We I remember the time when the Pogues first album came out. I got a phone call from a radio station and they they, they actually brought me on to give out about the Pogues. But, yeah, but what yeah. did, and they were trying to put me on at some panel but what I didn't know what they didn't know was actually I was a fan because I, I used to listen to them I started in the early days in, in London because we gigs in London a lot yeah. and Shane would have come to some of the gigs the early gigs so I was a fan and I think what they did was they, they, because they took our, our tunes they took our, our melodies they rejigged them rewrote songs to kind of uh, ancient melodies that we had and gave it a bit of a life yeah. But they were very, they were very real. The band were real, and they were just honest. They went on stage and had a bit of crack. And uh, those few people who were given out about, I'm sure they they, they, seem, they seem quite. Of, of course they did indeed. But I made that yeah. point to my old friend Mark Fitzell, who was on before you there, because again, like yourself, I was playing in London in the early '80s, and there was not universal um, applause or praise for for the Pogues at all. No. In fact, you know. No, they were regarded as, as kind of just lunatic yeah, fringe yeah. Of, of of music, and I never saw them that way. I saw well, I love I love when because like we weren't anything like the Pogues, but when we came on the scene, we were we got fairly lambasted as well because we were t- taking drums and bass and rock sure. and rope and all this. Yeah. Uh, but you just don't listen to that. The music has to progress, and and if you look at the wave of amazing music coming out now, the the, the Mary Wallopers. Yeah, yeah. Lancome, especially. I, I actually adore Lancome. Mm. You see what's happening there with their music. You can you can direct that right back to Shane because he he touched his songs touched people. His lyrics mm. were 
his lyrics were astounding. I mean, he had an, he was a, such a gifted writer. And I think of the words and the songs that connected with people and, yeah, they had a few mad, uh, wild tracks of music. Mm. But sure, that's mm. what you do at gigs. You have mm. a bit of crack and get people dancing. But when you mine into to Shane's head and his and his heart and his 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 words, his spirit, he, he was he was just powerful. He was there's no one like him really. He's he's so unique. And and, and uh, speaking to a lot of my musician friends over the last couple of days, I mean, it seems to have emerged that Rainy Night in Soho would be most people's favourite song just in terms of a beautifully crafted song. Do you, do you have a favourite, uh, Mike? <laughs> you just, you just hit it. I, Did I? Yeah. I, I, I'm a songwriter. I of course. Sing, yes. I, think, I think I sing two, I sing about two covers very well. Uh, one of them is a Nick Cave song, Into My Arms, oh, and the other is Rain Night and Soho. Rain Night and And I recorded Rain Night and Soho on solo out back in 1993. Yes. So, wow. Um, that's, so that's yeah, that's a measure of well, so I say a measure of your dreams, dreams, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but it is his songs. That song is powerful. You see, it, the imagery of the song, yeah. and the, that's what I loved about his, his lyrics. He was, he tells stories and he brings you into it. You're actually in the moment, and you've, you you can visualize what what the, the lyrics are about. Yes. And, that's yeah. a that's a magic gift. And he reflected, of course, London of the seventies and eighties. There, you you remember over there around Camden Town, all that. You, you know, you'd see the people who he was reflecting in his songs. They were there. These characters were there, Mike. Yeah, we all met them. Yeah. We met them all the time at gigs. If you were in Kilburn or those kind of places, yeah. yeah. If you went for a pint after gigs, you'd meet them. You'd talk to them, and yeah, we always met them on Sunday afternoons, and they were just finishing their weekend and getting ready for yeah. their their weekly work again. And a lot of them were living very sad existences and tough lives. And I think uh, Shane tuned into that and, and recorded it, I guess, and and put them up there on where they should have been on their pedestal of giving them legitimacy. And, you know, yeah. his stories are powerful. Well, that's, that's, that's beautifully put. Mike, I know you're busy this morning, so we appreciate you taking time out for us. Thanks, thanks very much for that, Mike. It's my pleasure, friend. Thank, Thank you, you so much. And look after yourself. Bye bye to you now. And that's right, that's the great Mike Hanrahan there, wonderful songwriter himself, of course, Stockton's Wing, but Cookery Books, and of course, worked with Ronnie for years as well. And indeed, Eller Shanley, too. We'll take a break back in just a moment. Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry in association with Slattery's of Pecone, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecone, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie Turning on of the Christmas lights in Cashel. That's happening tomorrow between half past four and half past five at the Cashel Plaza there. And I know the uh, wonderful St. Patrick's Brass Band will be there along with the Dermot or Hurley Pipe Band as well, filling the air, as you can imagine, with some uh, Christmas tunes. And uh, there's a jolly man in a red suit that's rumoured to make an entrance there tomorrow as well. So well done. If you want us to mention anything like that, we'd be happy to do so. And speaking of which... I'm told that at Rahilti Hall, outside of Thurles there on the Moyne Road, um, 
they'll hold a table quiz in Quinlan's of Moyne uh, tonight at half past eight and also a Christmas flower arranging demonstration this Sunday at 3pm and tea and coffee and mince pie served on the day and all proceeds go to the upkeep of our lovely hall in Rahilti. Well, we wish you well and have a lovely time in Quinlan's and say hello to Helen there for me as well. Um, Fran, I'd say you need coffee and anodins after Johnny every single Friday. How did you know? Every single Friday morning. Now let's continue with our uh, look at the life of Shane McGowan. Uh, Owen Hogan is a member of the Brian Hogan uh, Celtic Supporters Club based at Philly Ryan's uh, pub in Nina and Owen joins me now. Good morning, Owen. Uh, and lovely to lovely to chat to you today, Owen. Uh, tell me, tell me about you and and Shane because you 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 were brought up next door to the pub and you would have known Shane very well from his visits there. Yeah, I would indeed. Uh, first off, I'd just like to say um, very sad news yesterday on the passing of Shane and deepest condolences to Victoria, Morris, yeah. Siobhan, uh family and friends just from all at the Brian Hogan Celtic supporters here. Shane was actually president of the club. So they must be heartbroken, uh, as we are all here. So, um, yeah, yeah, uh, we we had a great affiliation with with Shane and uh, Brian Hogan Celtic Supporters Club. If I could just put my own thing into context, the first time I've seen I seen Shane play uh, was down in Parky Queef. I think it was around 1986 or 87. Mm. Uh, they played support act for U2 at the time and uh, that day changed music for me forever Did I, think, I, yeah. I think yeah, I think yeah. for a generation of people like myself um, they blew they blew the U2 away that day the energy rawness uh, fitness of Shane that day was unbelievable the punk rock Irish style I really think it changed music for, for a generation anyway. And what, um, what was it about that performance that enamoured you with it so much? What, what was that about? Uh, more so the uniqueness of the, the whole thing. It, it was never really done before. It was um, it was fantastic. Mm. Uh, on stage you had probably 10 or 12 or maybe 10 or 11 musicians mm. from the Pogues uh, doing their stuff like, like nobody ever did before. And it was probably the u- uniqueness of it, energy, and always had the crowd buzzing. It was just, mm. it, it was just different, totally different. And at what stage all. after that then uh, did you get to to meet him, Owen? Yeah, well, our affiliation then started, and my friendship then with Shane started with the the Brian Hogan Celtic Supporters mm. Club. Um, I was chairman at the time, and we would meet in Philly Rhines for club meetings and crack, and 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 Shane loved uh, Celtic supporter or Celtic football club. Mm. And he also loved the idea of the Celtic Football Club, which was formed initially in Glasgow in 1888 to feed the the, the emigrants and the poor people. So he loved the idea of that and uh, always had an interest in it and always checked, checked the results, you know. Um, yeah. And he, he so, makes... He make, why why did he love the pub so much, though, Owen? What, what was it about the pub that he loved? Actually, the, the pub was always cracking. You, you yeah. always had crack at Philly Ryan. That, that's... That's the way it was, and um, uh, yeah. And did he did he mix with everybody and chat? Oh, he mixed with everybody. There was no problem. Um, Shane was really really good to us in in the Brian Hogan Celtic Sports Club. He was a member of the club at the time, and then became president of the club. He always turned up for the any gigs that we had, um, charity gigs or fundraiser gigs. Um, he always ensured if he was around, he he'd be he'd be there. Um, we'd always spread the word. <clears throat> Anyway, who he was turning up or not, the chain was going to be around because mm. we were short a good crowd then anyway. 
But he, he, he always he always tried his best uh, to, to, to be around for us, you know. I was very, very good to us overall in the club. And how important was the Tipperary connection to him, did you think, Colm? Oh, he, he, he loved Tipperary. He loved uh, being from Tipperary. Mm. He loved uh, spending time in Tipperary. Um, uh, that, that was his home, essentially. Mm. And... Uh, Philly Ryan's was that, that was his spiritual home Philly yeah. Ryan's was and you know I was reading several articles well lots lots of stuff to be honest with you since the news broke uh, yesterday but a lot of journalists uh, were, were speaking about they had unfortunate situations with them where you know um, interviews were organised and they go along and he just wouldn't feel like talking to them or he'd be <laughs> abusive to them or whatever but it appears to me from what I've heard about Philly Ryan's he, he was pleasant to everybody and he, he got involved and you know oh uh, Absolutely, like uh, one night in particular, there just uh, um, we had um, uh, Celtic supporters, um, AGM, and they came from all over Ireland and shared all the music, photographs with everybody. Um, I think it was one of the, the, the best nights the, the Celtic supporters uh, in in Ireland had. Um, we actually just posted that video on Facebook last night if you want to have a look yeah, at it, but yeah. it was it was. Um, uh, definitely accessible to everybody. I, um, I I'm not sure where where that those stories come from, really. Yeah, uh, yeah. And 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 what about where? I mean, it's a bit early to ask you, I suppose, but are you planning something to remember him? Where where the club is concerned? Are you? Yeah, I I I'm not sure exactly yet. Um, yeah. I spoke to Philly there yesterday. Uh, Philly has the he's the undertaker, Philly Ryan. Of course. And yeah. there's no arrangements as such yet uh, made. Yeah. So as soon as as soon as there is any arrangements made, we we will uh, plan yeah. something in in the the future. All right, very good indeed. Well, in well, Owen, we appreciate your time today, and thanks so much for coming on with us to remember yeah, you. If just just a couple of things, if if you, if yeah. you just if just allow me, um, just actually just to, there was a, a friend of mine I um, sent a message from New York there yesterday, and I think he just summed up the quote um, fairly good. He just he gave us he gave us more than we than he. He gave us more than he will ever know, as in his music and his um, uh, and lyrics mm. and what w- what he gave us say, in 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 that, in that regard. And also, I'd just like to thank Shane for for all his help in in the club. He is president, we say, and um, on his on his on his sad passing. And also, just their thoughts and prayers, just to, uh, for his family and friends at this point. All right, well said, Owen. You look after yourself, Owen. Thanks for your time. Okay, okay, no matter. Bye bye. Bye bye. You know, Owen Hogan there speaking to us. Uh, Owen, a member, of course, of the Brian Hogan Celtic Supporters Club that was so important to to Shane and based there at Philly Rands Pub in Nina. News and information's on the way. Tip today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. Welcome back to the second hour of Tip Today. <laughs> ho, ho, ho. It's Christmas in Thales. Well, you know, that is your cue to call if you want to pick up those uh, lovely vouchers and uh, 083 311 We uh, continue our chat um, about the great Shane McGowan who passed away yesterday at the age of uh, 65. And I'm glad to be joined now by Councillor Michael Fitzgerald. Good morning to you, Michael. Good morning, friend. And thanks for coming on with us today. But you, yeah. you, you, you uh, met Shane. 
I, I, I was, I was uh, driving yesterday when I heard the news, and all of a sudden it, uh, it hits you because he was a kind of a special and unique uh, individual. If you, you know, if you, if you'd no interest in music, which you know, I know most people have interest mm. in music, but uh, you know, there was something about him that that was special, that that was nice. And uh, about ten years ago, I'd say about myself and councillor. As he was then, he became a senator after that, Dennis Landy mm-hmm. from Carrick and Shaw. We were coming through Heathrow Airport after a meeting in Brussels, and we were, I don't know, do you know Heathrow and where they put, uh, for the Irish, for the Aer Lingus mm-hmm. connection, you're, you're nearly put down underground into. <laughs> and I, 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 spotted, I spotted Shane McGowan, and uh, you, you have no, you have no, as you know, uh, no problem identifying mm-hmm. the old Shane, mm-hmm. Shane McGowan because. Uh, he, you know, the minute he opens his mouth, you, you know, you know it is him. But he was heading for the for the area where where there was a smoking area there in Heathrow. It was kind of, just, I said I must I must say hello to this guy. So myself and Dennis, Dennis uh, toddled in after him into the into the the, the area where, where where for smoking. Mm. And of course he was there. And I said because we can't I can't go home. I said without saying hello to a good Tipperary man, a good Nina man. And he went to great pains to tell me that he wasn't from Nina. Yeah. He said, I'm not from Nina, he says, and get that right. He said, I'm from Pocahontas. <laughs> 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 we, we had a great old chat, and I must just tell you, Fred, I must just tell you, uh, yeah. he was anything but he was under the weather. He was really under the weather, like, you know. <laughs> but he was, a, he was a great, and that was about four o'clock in the evening. We were going in on the same flight back to Dublin. And he was performing that night at nine o'clock in Vicarage. Go on. <laughs> told, My God. So I, I was, you know, I was home at nine o'clock. <laughs> and I, I was saying, I wonder what kind of condition <laughs> you see now, you know. Was, uh, yeah. But it was, it was chatty, great. Michael, and he was good company. He was wasn't lovely, yeah. and it was great to have met him. And uh, I suppose it gave, it gave, Christmas doesn't start until the fairy tale of New of York. Course, but yeah. uh, I suppose my own, my own, uh, my own, Favorite one would would be the the rainy night in Stockholm. Yeah, yeah. You know, a real a real. Uh, that seems to be the general consensus among people. Actually, that that is their favorite song. But it's yeah, a it's a yeah. wonderful song on so many different. It, levels, it is, really, yeah, it is. Yeah, you know. But, yeah. uh, and that know, notion, I, I, Michael, because you you would have obviously. Uh, have experience of it, but th- that notion that he gave a voice to those people, the, the so-called peddies in England yeah. who worked on the sites over there. I mean, he he reflected their lives in his it songs, is. you know. And I was just listening all the way yesterday, all the way down, listening to the different uh, radio programs yeah. about him. And that time in London when there was bombing taking place and people couldn't come out. Yeah. He went out and sang the songs, and uh, he, he, you know, they went to his gigs in London, and he, he was accepted, and you know, people, people warmed to the likes of Shane McGowan because of the, there was a lovely story told yesterday, uh, friend. Mm. Uh, I don't know, did you hear it about a guy? He was on uh, O'Connell Bridge. He was, he was, he was driving. It was about mm. twenty years ago, mm. and he was driving in, in in Dublin, and he had the window down, a good sunny day, and he had one of Shane McGowan's songs on his radio, mm. and he's arm out, and he saw this guy staring at him, and as you know, he, he the, the, the lights were slow, and this guy just kept staring at him, and. Uh, he, he said, "I did, 
as any dub does if somebody <laughs> stares at you. Are you looking at them, me? <laughs> I, I stare them back. Yeah, I yeah. stare this guy back, he said. And the next thing he said, he opened his mouth and holy God, for Shane McGowan, <laughs> listening to his own song on your man's radio. <laughs> and him singing along with it. Isn't that brilliant? And him singing, you, you know. Plus when he opened his mouth, he, <laughs> he, he, he recognised him instantly. Uh, you know? That's great. Well, Michael, thanks yeah. for sharing the memory with thank, us. Thank you thank indeed. Friend, and lovely friend. to well, talk to you. good to meet him, man. You know, he was, yeah. he was such a... He has left, he has left a huge legacy and... and uh, you know, all the good things that are being said about him today are are, are, are real. Very good you know? indeed. Well, well done, Michael. And thanks for your time this morning. Thank you. Thanks, bye bye to you. That's Councillor Michael Fitzgerald um, with a lovely memory there of uh, Shane McGowan. Now, back in 2017, we aired an interview with Shane uh, who spoke to Trudy Lawler, her own uh, Trudy Lawler, went to visit him in his home in Dublin. He spoke about his childhood and his music and his love of Tipperary. Did you ever play Hurley? Did you ever hold a Hurley? Yes, of course. Come on, tell me. We were a Hurley family, you know. Well, I never played for the team, which is Shannon Roberts. Yeah. Yeah, but that's what my uncles and cousins said, yeah. I'd spent more yeah. than half the year there, yeah. It's complicated, you know. Yeah, I went yeah. backwards and forwards. Sometimes my parents came and got me in. They moved from lots of different places, but they were still living in Ireland when I I was born, yeah? I was born on Christmas Day. And I went back on the boat to Tipperary when I was three months old, yeah? You are Tipperary? Yes. The first thing I saw was Tipperary. Yeah. yeah. That's the well-known hurler, Shane McGowan, uh, speaking (laughs) to you too. That's just uh, uh, lovely that he has such interest in, in hurling. You had to refer to his great success, but he he was peculiar about it, wasn't he? Yeah, when we were sitting back, um, his mantelpiece is is full of religious artefacts and um, a laughing Buddha at the very end, and our, our Lady of Lourdes is there in picture of the Sacred Heart. So we spoke about religion for a while, and I also just then mentioned because most singers and entertainers that I know, not myself, and I'm sure not yourself, have awards all over their house, the awards that they win and uh, collect throughout yeah. the years, and there was no sign of it, and I commented on this and he just didn't want to talk about it. He didn't want to talk about his awards, his success. He kept saying on numerous occasions, your life is more interesting than mine, he said. And uh, I said... And that was genuine, was it? He wanted to hear about you. He did. Yeah, yeah. He that's all he wanted to hear about. And even when, you know, he he knew about Mammy passing away uh, this year, like, you know, he, he... took the time to be, you know, sorry for that. You know, it wasn't just kind of brushed over. He's very, very, well, obviously he's such a genius as a songwriter, but he very much taps in to how you're feeling. Huge empathy. Let's have a listen to you talk to him about success. Do you feel embarrassed when people go on about your success? No. You know, they don't don't really... I'm not embarrassed, I just feel pissed off, you know, because it's boring. There you are. It's amazing, isn't it? One of the most successful songwriters of all time, and he seems, as you put it yourself, just a little bit, a little bit embarrassed by, by it all. I love the fact that he asked you to sing. Yeah, we got chatting, of course, about because um, he was asking me about the radio and about my songs and music and everything, and we got quite emotional at one stage. We were talking about specific songs that his mother um, used to love singing and that he used to love hearing. And at one stage he said to me, do you know that song, um, 
the boat shall row my love and I and I said oh that's the water is wide and he said do you know it I said I do yeah sing it for me he said will you sing me a bit so I sang um, the verse and uh, and he seemed to and he was very appreciative <laughs> of it as well let's, let's, let's have a listen to this the water is wide I can't cross o'er and neither have I wings to fly, build me a boat that can carry two, and both shall row, my love and I, and we shall row. My love and I. Well, there's a round of applause from uh, Shane McGowan. Private audience for Shane McGowan, indeed. <laughs> we had great, great, great fun, though, all evening, uh, singing various different Irish ballads, uh, Kevin Barry and also the, the Old Cottage Home in the Glen uh, that Billy wrote for me. And he loved that. And we spoke about songwriting. And uh, I asked him then, I said, have you have you written much? In, are, are you writing every day? And he said, um, no. He said, no, he, ha- he hasn't written in a, in a while. And I said, have you written since your mum passed away? And he said, no. And uh, so I felt kind of saddened with that. Um, And I just said, well, look, maybe in time you will start writing again because we want to hear so much more. And he nodded away. You know, he's grieving still, Fran. My my perception is that, you know, um, he was very, very close to his mother and and to all his family and uh, great love and great respect. And I think there's just... uh, I came out of his home feeling that I can call again. Right. Yeah. That's the feeling, because I mean, even when we were leaving, because Victoria, his partner, such a lady, an absolute lady, um, you know, he, he said, oh, "Why don't you stay on for a Chinese or continue Chinese takeaway?" And I just said, "No, I, I have to head for home and um, back down to Tip." But he spends so much time in Tipperary as well as he Dublin. Does indeed, yeah. Um, but very, very connected with Tipperary, very proud of his Tipperary heritage, and loved just hearing stories about various different characters from from Tipperary as well, and really delighted to be to be part of a, a lovely chat like that we're having here now he wanted this he was he really wanted to be part of this which is is wonderful there was christmas eve babe in the drunk tank an old man said to me won't see another one and then he sang a song yeah, it's a lovely piece from uh, 2017 where uh, Trudy went to meet Shane at his home. There's a great story, in fact, about how <laughs> how difficult it was for her to get in to to his uh, to his apartment, climbing over walls and all sorts of things. But anyway, great memory there. 1800 938 007. The text and WhatsApp is 083 Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecone, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecone, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie Joined by one of our finest songwriters, Johnny Doohan. Johnny, good morning to you. 
Good morning to you, friend. And uh, sad news about Shane. You you met him on a number of occasions, Johnny. Um, I no, actually, I met him once, and it was at um, it was at the Christy Moore. Um, I forget the name of the program, mm. but he was Christy was doing a, a program on songwriters that he worked with. Do you remember that? When yes, I do indeed. I do indeed. Yeah. Um, Shane and myself were booked for the same day mm. and uh, he came up from Tipperary I think mm. and he arrived early and he'd had a few you know but so they asked me would I sit back and just wait until uh, you know to, to get the whole thing sorted out with him yeah. and uh, so I met him in the kitchen we were I walked in and he was uh, he had a bottle in his hand, but he was quite sober. Yeah. Uh, we had ch- we had a chat about songwriting, and uh, the first thing he said to me, and he, I won't give you his exact words, but he said, "How do how do how do you like it when people change your words?" <laughs> in other words, the, the lyrics yes. of your song. Yeah, and uh, that that got the the things running because I've always been. Uh, very precious about the words I put down. Well, I spend a lot of time working on them, as he did. As he did, you know, I mean. So he obviously uh, didn't like people tampering with changing words, you know. Obviously not, indeed, yeah. I was was actually in the high court at the time, (laughs) over (laughs) such such a thing. uh, And what what about the songs? You know, you're a very wonderful songwriter yourself. And in terms of his lyrics, particularly, Johnny, and the construction of those lyrics and stuff, I mean, he was, it was a remarkable talent, wasn't it? Well, I think what you see, everybody has to find their own voice. I keep telling songwriters that, you know, you can't, everybody kind of takes influences in, you know, but at some stage you have to find who you are like, you know, and he found it. Mm. without a shadow of a doubt. He found the tone. You know, before that, he'd been in a punk band. Mm. Mm. And suddenly he realised, as I did myself, uh, you know, there's a lot more to um, pop music. There's, there's something deeper in the traditions, kind of, you know, of all traditions in England, and wherever you are. Mm. And uh, he, he that resonated for him. And uh, you can hear it in... in, in, in even in the melodies that he comes up with, you know. Yeah, but, um, and and there was the punk anarchy there, but I mean the the some of the lyrics are so. Yeah, but so, I, 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 yes, sorry, Johnny. Yeah. That, I I I often say to people, you know, it, it, it's the it's the ballads, the slow ones, that always you know have the lasting, real lasting. Ballads. I think so too. Yeah. In, in 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 any in any um in any kind of medium, you know, in any um genre that you can think of yeah. uh, and if you do if you don't connect with a few of them um you know you're not going to get to a wide audience and uh, i mean to the fairy tale in new york is absolutely I, I, I listened to it this morning i in fact i didn't i deliberately didn't listen to it mm. i read it and uh, uh right. and then i read it and then i could see you can see exactly you know i mean it, the opening verse is terrific yeah. It grabs your attention straight away. Tolstoy says you, you've got to grab them with the first few, you know, the opening lines of, of any a story or whatever it be, and uh, he does it there. You know, you're in a, you're, 
you really know what it's said like, you know, with uh, yeah, somebody and, else. And that painting somebody of a picture, else. because you are there, aren't you, when you hear oh, that yeah, lyric? You're, you're, yeah. there, you're there with him. Yeah. But having said that, I often say the melody really is the, is the key, you know. A melody can really bring out all that from you, you know. So I don't know how, how I meant to ask him, but I didn't. And I knew his manager very well, mm. Frank Murray. Yes. He goes back right to Tin Lizzie when I was in, you know, t- I used to live with Phil in, a, in Dublin. Yeah. And we were always talking about how, how you write songs and all that kind of stuff. Mm. But um, but it's, uh, I think it's a fellow called Jim Finer who wrote the melody of that yes. uh, yeah. fairytale of New York. And uh, it's a terrific melody. It's, like, it's you know? ter- and and it, in its simplicity, it's genius, if you know what I mean, Johnny. Ab- you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, I mean, it, it really is. And then there's all, there's all sorts of things going on in this. Another fellow I worked with that worked on that, it was uh, Fikra Trench. He yeah. wrote the he, strings. He arranged the strings, didn't he? Yeah, which yeah. are so evocative on that, yeah. I was in a band with him when I went to London after leaving Granny's Intention. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And uh, he was he was the keyboard player. There was two keyboard players, two lovely fellas, two Dubliners. Mm. And uh, I think Fiacre was from, originally from Dublin as well, you know. And uh, he, uh, without the strings again, like, you know, I mean, it's, it's a combination of things. You know, it's the magic of what happens when a song kind of comes together, you know. It's almost like it's destined to happen. Yeah, but as you, you know? well know, you can have the song and you can have even the vocal performance, but if you don't have a sympathetic um, production around you and arrangement yeah. around you, it can be destructive. Oh, yeah. yeah, You can get lost, you know. Yeah, yeah. But then, again, but getting back to the lyrics, because the lyrics, for me, you know, are predominant. But having said that, you know, the melody is key, is crucial. Like, mm. you know, it has to be there. And then you've got the other element. What's the song about? Mm. And it's about the, the longing into the heart for mm. love, mm. you know? And it, straight away, it's a kind of a dysfunctional love in that the two main uh, characters in it, you know, the drama, Kirsty mm. uh, McCall is taking on the, the woman who's, Cursing at her, her mm. fellow, you know, he's he's a dreamer and he's a second schemer and he's gotten and he's a drunk. He's got yeah. a, he's, yeah. And she's a she's a drunk too, yeah. like you know. Yeah. Both of them are, are in the same bag, like you know, and that's what happens. But it, but it's still and, a love but, story, Johnny. It's still a love oh, story. It's a love, you know? it's, it's a love story completely, yeah. you know. Yeah. And uh, one of the most beautiful things I think I I just happened to come upon it this morning too was a, an article in the paper uh, by his wife, Victoria Clark, you know, the, yeah. the girl he eventually ended up with. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, what she said at his bedside after he died, you know, it's amazing. Like, you know, she just said, uh, he's going back to Jesus and Mary and his own mother, you know. Right. Uh, yeah. I thought it was, because he was a very spiritual man at the same time, you know. Yeah, and not a lot of uh, all, all the poets that he, he would have probably been you know, influenced by like Baudelaire, the famous French decadent mm. kind of poet, mm. who's very spiritual as well. Like you know, and uh, I mean, he's the famous guy that came out and said, uh, you know, if you think the devil is gone, you know, you're <laughs> he's he's there all the time. You know, it's, it's the biggest trick to fool you that he's not there, and the devil being the one that lands you in all these situations that of you course. get into that you're in you're in you're in a cell and as, as 
first verse opens in that song. Yeah, and I think yeah. that is his greatest song. But he's got another few ballads that yeah. are. Uh, I was going to ask you, you about know, a favorite because I, the general consensus so far is uh, "Rainy Night in Soho," and I, that will be my favorite. But do you have a favorite in particular? Well, that is, for me, it's the fairy tale without a shadow is of a doubt. Yeah, yeah. Just, a, just a brilliant. Everything comes together in yeah, that. You know, yeah. I mean. Rainy, rainy night and so is is the uh, same kind of theme again. Like yeah, you know, he's yeah. uh, but he's, he's it's a kind of a love song again. He's looking for love. You know, he's a, it's like Joni Mitchell. Her all, all her great songs were all about searching mm. for this yes. mythic kind of lover that uh, we all look for. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and that's what I think. What that's what makes him special. I, it, it, it's. Uh, it resonates for so many people because everybody's in the same boat, really. You know, I suppose, and uh, yeah, everybody's searching I, I, for love. I, yeah. I, I'll tell you one thing. I, I got up very early there. It was last year in the middle of winter, and uh, I was walking around. In fact, I was going to mass very early in the morning, and I was walking around Galway, and I couldn't believe at five o'clock in the morning, half five or something like that. And uh, the amount of trucks that were going up and down the main streets and around. And dropping off barrels to the the amount of drink <laughs> we consume, and it's not just us. Like it's, I, I saw a program in Russia one time where, you know, being alive is a very, very difficult thing. You know, I mean, ever since the young man discovered, you know, the survival of the fittest, yeah. that it's a bit of a life is a bit of a jungle, and for people, they they need all these things to try and to try and get through yes. each day like that we live. Uh, and he mm-hmm. takes on that. And that's why people actually like that kind of truth coming out in songs, you know? Yeah, and that, that's what people see in it as well. Uh, Johnny, thanks so much for your time today. Lovely tribute there. And thanks for talking to me, Johnny. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Good, good good morning to you. And that's the great Johnny doing. It's a feast of uh, my favourite songwriters today because I'm joined now by Mick Hanley. Mick, good morning to you. Morning, Fran. How are you? I'm very well indeed, Mick, and, and lovely to talk to you today. You know, you, you it, it, it's great tribute from you because already you've said to Emma, you were a huge fan of his. Now, for somebody of your calibre to be a fan of another songwriter, that's saying something, Mick. Well, I, I don't think there's... Uh, everyone was a fan of Shane's, you know? Every, everybody. Mm. Uh, I, that, that I can think of, anyway. I thought he was a very special and very unique kind of talent. And it's it's really sad to see so soon after Sinead going yeah. that uh, Shane has gone as well. There are two powerful forces in Irish music have suddenly uh, left us, you know, this year. That's a big that's a big loss. There's a really big loss. For for certain. I was talking to Johnny there about you know, the character himself and he became an icon, but he became almost bigger than his songs in some ways, Mick. Yeah. Um, well, uh, you know, he he cultivated a very very difficult life. Yeah. And uh, there was so much alcohol involved. It was very. It killed his uh, creative uh, thing quite early in his life. I'm afraid. Mm. So, um, uh, you know, that was an awful loss. He, he. But then again, maybe he had said what he wanted to say. It was a bit like being, you know. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he 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 died far too young. 
and a lot of uh, artists do, unfortunately, you know. Um, but and, and what they, is uh, it about artists? Business. Because you, you spoke to me in the past quite openly about, about your own drinking and, and the like. Mm. Is there mm. something in the artist being vulnerable and fragile in some way that, that you know, that that's an attractive I, I well, cushion I, I was or something? Well, I listening to Johnny there uh, yeah. about Search for Love. Yeah. And this, I think uh, most artists are, are really hungry for applause that they didn't get when they were growing up uh, in some sort of way. Wow. They, they lack something and uh, they go out there and try and find it in a different, way, a different form. And uh, they really succeed because it's uh, like if you're born and then reared in a, in a family that doesn't provide that, nurture and care then you're going to to, to try and find you want to be uh, applauded you know and it, it's a kind of a drug that you need because there's a hole in your in your personality that needs filling constantly and uh, that's why people like go to uh, extraordinary lengths to try and uh, get listened to um you know great great uh, novelists poets writers painters they all they're all trying to uh, get that uh, thing that they're missing, so far as I can see. That's only a personal opinion. I, I think so, yeah. I think it is a search for love. And, uh, you know, uh, because it's it's such a, uh, how would I say, um, it's such an ethereal thing, almost. Uh, the, the, you, they take to other substances to try and fill that hole. Uh, including myself now I have to say and uh, it never does it never does and when it doesn't then it gets out of hand completely and uh, yeah Mm. a lot of artists seem to be uh, anyway uh, Fran it's a very strange life yes it's a terribly strange life you're all alone um, trying to write songs and then you have an hour or an hour and a half at night you're going off somewhere strange you're trying to convince a bunch of strangers that this is worth saying that what you have to say is worth saying and then you come back and if it goes well you're on a high coming back and then tomorrow you have to look at the same thing it's a weird life it's a weird life there is no there is no kind of uh, uh, finality to the satisfaction do you know what I mean? It's like if you if you build a house or a build uh, make a, a boat or something like that, you have this lovely satisfaction of putting it on the river. But uh, in 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 songwriting and all types of writing, you put it out there and you don't hear someone clapping you when they put when they close the last chapter of the book. But Do you Mick, know what I'm saying? Mick, like, when when you listen to the incredible songs that you've written over the years. Do you not get the love from that? Do you not get the solace from that? No, uh, I wouldn't wow. say so. I do get the, the, the love when people uh, acknowledge, uh, but I don't write them for myself. I, I'm, I'm writing them to 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 get that uh, acknowledgement that I'm worth something. It's a, I know it's very, it sounds very odd, but that's what it came from. I, I picked up the guitar and I knew I had an escape. Because I didn't get it at home and I didn't get it at school, 
and I knew I had the kind of uh, and listen, we're supposed to be talking about about Jane here. Well, 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 well we are, you see, thing, because you know? yeah, we are because we're talking about artistry. I, I suppose, making it. So, yeah. Okay. You yeah. know, the the other thing I was going to and and again similarities with yourself. Is it a danger? And I'm just thinking, you know, most people go about their lives and they hear music on, in the background mm-hmm. on the radio and they would associate Shane McGowan with Fairy Tale of New York. In your own case, probably past the point of rescue. Yeah. Is that annoying at times that, you know, your back catalogue is, there, is summed up with one song? Or... <laughs> Yes, yeah, suppose it's uh, yeah. You 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 always say to yourself, well, I have a lot of songs, a lot of songs, and I think some of them are even better yeah. than uh, than past the point. But people, uh, it, it, look, past the point had uh, the the that kind of nugget that one needs for a, a hit. It's a memorable kind of uh, melody. It's, mm. it's 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 a worm, as they call it in the songwriting profession. It gets into your head. You can't get it out. Which is great for the songwriter, you know. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, it has uh, like uh, it has uh, what it takes. Um, and the, the, we were, the, you were talking to Johnny about New York. That, yeah. that thing mm. that was an on a, an extraordinary uh, song because it went against all of the other kind of Christmassy uh, junk that's brought out. The schmaltzy you know stuff, I mean? yeah, yeah. I know, yeah. Like White Christmas, a lovely song and all the rest of it, but it's a bit, it doesn't measure up now against, I think uh, Fairy Tale is the best song ever written, the best wow. Christmas song ever written. Ever, Mick? Wow. Yeah, I would, yeah. I'd say it is because of its uniqueness it's, uh, and, it's and its subject matter oh. and the time of the year when people actually overindulge and get a landing position, landing uh, places where they don't yeah, want to be. Yeah. You know, I thought that was uh, captured so well. Can you remember so well. when you heard that first? Oh, yeah, I can, of course, yeah. I couldn't believe it. And, uh, I, like, the, the, the production of it. Now, yeah. I don't know how much of it Shane wrote. Mm. Uh, because there was another lad involved. Yeah, I think it was just the lyric, as far as I know, yeah. He, 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 uh, he stayed way below the radar, mm. but the way the song is constructed, it broke rules. And I, I'm not I'm not very fond of songs that change tempo mm. in the middle. Mm. But in this case, it was absolutely appropriate. You know, it was perfect mm. because uh, they upped the tempo for the row, and then they go back to yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. it was just and great, the, the string know. arrangement like is just gorgeous. I mean, it's yeah, perfect yeah. for absolutely. Well, he's, he, uh, is, is yeah. very special. Yeah. He did a song of mine which was on the Homeland album. I loved what he did. Um, he put strings on one of the songs. Um, uh, home, uh, this Patrick Hill song, a long song. That's one of but my favourite songs. That's a gorgeous yeah. song, yeah. yeah. Every time, like every little thing he added was totally appropriate. Uh, he's a very gifted man, a very gifted man. But Shane, yeah, I agree with you that that other song, uh, the... The, Rainy uh, Night in Soho. Right, Night in Soho is yeah. a beautiful song. Its simplicity is beautiful, but also I loved his thing with um, uh, the Ronnie Drew, uh, the Wild Ro- not the Wild Rover, the, 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 the Irish, the Irish, Irish Rover. Rover. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The kind of 
the way himself and Ronnie mixed that was <laughs> wonderful, you know. Was it? Yeah, it was a lovely mix. Uh, indeed, I think yeah. so. Yeah, I I love that and. Uh, yeah. You know, there's, there's something yeah. else I want I wanted to say to you, Mick, because it's kind of I I, I get annoyed on your behalf <laughs> where this is concerned, okay. and it's just that people think they're giving a wonderful song a compliment to a songwriter when they describe them as a poet, as if poetry was a superior art in some way. Um, songwriting uh, is a very different art, is it not? Totally, absolutely. Uh, I think uh, Van Morrison has something to answer there. Uh, Van fancies the poet thing. I don't. I think it's a completely different craft. Mm. And it's, uh, you know, poets are, are a different being. Uh, there's a totally different thing. Uh, the songwriting technique, now, they do work sometimes. Very mm. rarely, though. Raglan Road was one of the songs. Yes. I thought it really worked as a poem and a song. Mm. Uh, but they were talking about another genius there. Paddy Kavanagh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. But uh, in general, I would I'd say they're totally different crafts, and I don't think I write poetry, but yeah. I am careful about uh, what kind of words, uh, lyrics I use. And I'm not bothered, by the way, if people change the words, so long as they're an improvement. Right, okay. Okay. But that would but be subjective, Mick, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if they change them and they're not an improvement, I really uh, don't like that. Yeah, well, I, I, I can't imagine. Look, it's, 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 it's sad news, but it, it's been an incredible life he had anyway, Mick, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I would imagine the, the final years of his life weren't great, you know. I yeah. mean, there must have been, it must have been tough on him just looking as a... Uh, what was around him and the state he was in and it's very hard to get out of obviously yeah of course yeah well yeah. make it lovely tribute and thank you so much for coming on with me Mick. I know I, that you're you're appearing yourself in Tipperary tonight I think are you I am indeed yeah I'm in a place called Finn's Bar yeah uh, at Joe's Folk Club uh, it's uh, Bursley Bursley yeah, yeah Bursley uh, uh, what so, time is that at Mick I'd say Nine o'clock. Okay. Okay. All right. And and do you need tickets for that, or can you just turn up, Mick? Oh, I'd say turn up at the door. Right. Uh, if uh, you know, and we'll we'll have a good night. But I'm sure you will indeed. Always oh, good I to talk to you. I think I'll come up with a song to dedicate to Shane as well. So. Oh, lovely. That's a lovely idea too, Mick. You yeah. enjoy yourself in Tipperary tonight. Uh, Finns in Bursley. Thanks, Mick. Thank you. Thanks very much, Bye-bye. Bye-bye to you. Bye-bye. 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 That's uh, the great Mick Handy there. Um, and for him to describe himself as being a fan of, of Shane McGowan's really uh, gives you an indication of the quality of, of the songwriting. All right. Uh, let me see. I need to take a break, don't I? Back in just a moment. If it matters to you, it matters to us. Call TIP today on 1-800-938-007. TIP FM's TIP Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecan, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecan, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie Now, Luke National School, they'll have a timber auction tomorrow at 1pm in the school car park. So that's Luke National School there, timber auction tomorrow. Tom Lawler was on to us from Clown Mill and he says, Fran, any idea who sang the Christmas song Wind in the Willows. Well, I know about that very well, Tom, because uh, the hit was with Spud. 
the Irish band called Spud back in the 1970s and the bass player with uh, Spud Michael Smith or Smithy as we knew uh, went on afterwards to play with my old band The Bards so uh, yeah that was a huge hit way back then let's go to uh, Garrett Needham who joins me now Garrett good morning to you Morning, friend. How are you? I'm very well indeed. Um, tell me about uh, meeting uh, Shane, because you, you worked in the Durgin, I think, did you, Garrett? Yeah, in the late 90s there, I worked in the Durgin. Um I wouldn't say he was a, a mad regular customer. He used to frequent uh, on and off. Generally came in with his manager and um, had decided that the, the building that he liked was sort of quieter zone. Yeah. Um, very unassuming. Um, used to be... Little sort of OCD with the way he'd put uh, his drinks and his cigarettes, um, but extremely generous. Anytime he bought a drink, make sure you got one yourself, and he'd actually check the change to make sure you're taken for a pint for yourself every time. So very you know. decent. But he was quiet, was he, Garrett? Is that is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, yeah, he liked to be sort of left alone. I think he was on a sort of an escape from that maybe public life and the derg, I suppose, uh, with the volume of tourists used to be in the area. Maybe he wasn't recognisable to everyone. I know. Some of the locals used to be on to him to sing a song and yeah. his lines to them was, I know, leave me alone, I'm on holidays, you know. <laughs> but um, yeah. there was one gentleman in particular, a local man, whom he used to get on very well with. Uh, I won't mention his second name, but Timmy, Timmy probably knows who he is if he's listening. Mm. They always had a great conversation with each other. I think they had a couple of mutual friends that um, used to frequent maybe Ryan's Bar in Kearney back the years. So, you know. Um, but I suppose my best memory of him is uh, when I eventually plucked up the courage to ask for an autograph, there was no mobile phones for the, the selfies or any of that crack that time. Yeah. Um, he asked me what was my name, and ninety percent of people will not spell my name correctly. Right. Uh, but he had the two. Yeah, I said Garrett. He said he, he spelled my name perfectly. The two R's and the two T's went down. So, you very know. Good. You see, he was a very educated guy, and you know, I'm not sure how aware people are of that. I mean, he, you know, his command of English was amazing when he was writing, you know? Yeah, you know, he liter- lit- literary genius, I yeah. suppose, but look at put it in music rather than, than any other format. But yeah. yeah, no, very unassuming, very generous. You yeah. know, he's, he's, he'd be a big loss to boys with his wife and family, so, you know, but he'll live forever in the music. Well, that's, that's the way it goes. That's for certain. Garrett, lovely to talk to you today, and uh, thanks very much indeed for coming on with us. Let us go to Boston now, and uh, to one of our listeners over there. Tony is there. Tony, good morning to you. Yeah, good morning. How are you doing? I'm very well, indeed. Great, great to talk to you. You, you have, um, uh, well, lots of connections, I suppose. You saw him live several times, I think, Tony. I did, yeah. We were, uh, I, well, I first saw him live back in the 80s at, at the Flash Shows. Um, but that was that was at home. But, but out here, I saw him about five, six times mm. um, between between Boston and Rhode Island. And how did he connect with the? How did he connect with the American audiences, Tony? I should they loved it, you know, because yeah. the, the the Irish Americans, the Irish American uh, people that that they love Ireland. You know what I mean? They, they have a great connection with Ireland. You know yeah. that they they can That's where their, their blood is there. They consider themselves Irish. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it might sound a lot of people think it's it's ridiculous and all, but. It's not, you know. They, they 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 have a deep connection with Ireland, and so they they got that through. They got that with Shane. You know what I mean? Of course, I'm par- particularly there in your city, in in Boston. There, there's a particular Irish connection. I'm sure you'll agree. Um, it, tell me about your your wedding, though. Um, t- tell me about the song. Yeah, our wedding song was "You're the One." Yeah. Um. Yeah, and and uh, shall listen. 
I mean, we I went to see we went to see him in in Rhode Island back in '02. He was he was he was gone from the Pope or the Pogues this time. He was with the Pope. Yeah. And uh, just was some crack, you know. We got to meet him. We went backstage. I I I uh, I, I got a T-shirt signed by him at the time. I sang Sleeve the Mod with him, arm in arm, in the back room. <laughs> did you? <laughs> <laughs> I did, yeah. Yeah. And you know, that's, that's, a, that's a memory that'll be with me till I go on the ground, you know? Of course. And you were a Tipperary man yourself. How important was Tipperary to him, Tony? To me? No, to, to, to Shane. How important was Tipperary to him? I think I think Tipperary, I, I, I don't know. I, I would imagine I would imagine the life he, le- he led, mm. Tipperary was his... Uh, was his pressure release valve? I think you know. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's even if he wasn't in Tipperary, I think that's probably where he went in his mind to to, to let go. You know, well, you know when you're doing something like that. Yeah, that's, that's a, uh, I know, I know. Uh, you know, just working regularly and 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 everyday thing like you know, that's where I go when when I need to to, to let go. You know, as they say, you can take the man from the mountain, but you know. You can't, can't take, take the mountain, from the, man, take the mountain from the man, indeed. So, so that's where you go. Whereabouts in Tipperary are you from, Tony? I'm, I'm, I'm nestled over under Carrick McLear there, between Malnahone and Clunine. Under Schlievenmann. Under, under Schlievenmann, right under Carrick McLear, under the rock, under ah. the mass rock. Very good, indeed. Yeah. And when you, when you heard the news oh, yes, just, yesterday, just, Tony? What's that? When you heard the news yesterday, Tony, how, how did you feel? Actually, I was gutted. I was gutted, you know. Uh, 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 Shane McGann was was a was a big inspiration for me when I was younger and stuff, you know. And and, and his just 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 his songs and he, he for for me being an expat, it's it was a bit a big inspiration, you know what I mean? And 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 a, and a place to go to listen, you know, because he 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 did he he wrote a lot of great songs. I wouldn't say a lot, you know, every song that he wrote was great. Um, and his his lyrics talk to people who are not at home, you know, the people that were overseas, no matter where you are in the world, you are in Ireland. I mean, his lyrics talked. I th- I think it talked a lot more to people who are overseas mm-hmm. than it did to to most locals. Uh, but but you know, yeah. Well, it's a, it's yeah, a, it's so, a lovely yeah, no, he, 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 it's a lovely tribute you're paying, Tony. Um, will you get home in the next while, or how often do you get home, Tony? Uh, probably, I, I was just home down in in November. I'm fixing up a house, so you know, yeah. Yeah. and and uh, probably be back again next year, maybe. But you know, I'm plan- I usually go home a couple times a year if I can. You know. Well, um, excellent. Well, we're we're delighted to know you're tuned our way in Boston, Tony. You look after yourself, and thank you for your time this morning. You too, yeah. Take care. Take Thank care. You. Bad Thank day. you. Bad day. Bye bye to you. That's a, a Tipperary man, an expat living there in lovely uh, Boston and remembering the great Shane McGowan. News and information is coming up. Tip today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. Welcome back to the final hour of uh, Tip Today. 1800-938-007. Our two vouchers, by the way, they're going to Liam Spooner from Gleeview in Ross Gray and uh, Liam picks up that uh, one for all a voucher from Campion Insurance on Liberty Square and the other 50 euro voucher is going to Chrissy Dorney from Collins Park in Thurlis and that's a 50 euro voucher for Jennings Opticians Liberty Square in Thurlis and this is all by way of 
encouragement indeed uh, for you to go and shop in Thurless um, this Christmas and the lights being turned on uh, today officially at 6 o'clock as well. Alright then, it's time for our Friday panel and I'm glad to be joined in the studio by Liam Brown, Liam a community activist of course, Councillor John Fitzgerald is with us and Phil Prendergast is with us, uh, former MEP and uh, the most important thing of all, our agony aunt too. So good morning to you all and thank you indeed for, morning, for joining morning, us friend. today. Can, can we can we continue on I suppose to some degree with Shane McGowan um, uh, Liam can I start with you on that were, were you a fan? I was yeah, yeah I was um, I enjoyed it I enjoyed Shane I enjoyed the Pogues music um, look there's an awful lot has been said about him already and it's going to be said in the next couple of days but kind of my abiding memory of Shane is is that he was a bridge between a kind of an older safer Ireland that you know the rebel songs went off the radios in the early 70s and then we kind of had safe Irish music with the Dubliners with the Chieftains and with that sort of music we missed the punk era really in Ireland we kind of didn't really see the punk era and then suddenly this Irish guy came out singing punk trad and like if you think about it like, it was rejected at the start I yeah, mean everyone so. we're hearing an awful lot about Shane and how we all loved him this morning but when he arrived on the oh. scene in the first instance we didn't want him. And, uh, and musicians were very outspoken about the quality of Absolutely, you know, I mean, yeah. some of the things that were said about his style of Irish music were, uh, it, it wasn't wanted, it wasn't yeah. real Irish music, it, it was mm. it was too far out there. Well, it was part of that, do you think, Liam, embarrassment that he was reflecting the paddies in London, if you well, know what I mean. Yeah, that was it. It was this stereotypical paddy um, that we didn't want to... We didn't want to accept it was there. Even though it was very real. Uh, but that's the that's the point. In most stereotypes, that's the reason they are stereotypes, is because they're real. I mean, a lot of Irish that went to London, they were hard working, but they were hard drinking, they were hard partying. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, we were still kind of breaking out of the old Catholic Ireland where, you know, we were going to Mass on Sundays, where these lads weren't going anywhere on a Sunday yeah. because they were too sick after that's Saturday right, night. Yeah. But Shane kind of brought that in to a mainstream that I was 16, 17, 18. That was when, th- yeah. those are my formative years of music and, and my peers and an awful lot of people listening this morning would have probably thought, you know, we want this because our parents don't want it. You know, it, it's, know. it's the usual know. thing with music. But I, I think you agree with McHanley that there was, uh, there were some years that were particularly fertile and then maybe after that, oh, not were, so. I mean, the, re- the reality is, is like, he kind of burst on the scene early 20s mm. and people didn't understand it. And then people started to think, actually, this is really, really good music. This, this really good lyrics. I mean, some of the songs are fantastic. Mm. You, we, you know, we all talk about fairy tale and we talk about mm. rainy night, but body of an American, the mm. sick grave of Cook Holland, yeah. Sally yeah. McLennan, and suddenly we realised there's an awful lot of really, really good music here. If we yeah. sit down and listen to it, he was putting on fantastic performances. That's that's that's, uh, that's for certain. Uh, John, what about yourself, John? Did did you enjoy his music? I did really. Yeah. I I, yeah. I was a big fan of Shane McGowan. Were you? I yeah. was. Um, I grew up uh, like that. I was. I was. Uh, you know. I think if um, if you know if we're to be honest with ourselves. Any of us from the 80s, mm. which was a tough old decade, a harsh old decade economically, jobs-wise, every-wise. Mm. And I think if we're to be honest, every year when we hear the fairy tale of New York being played, as it's starting to be played since the, in mm. last week or two, we kind of remember demons we all had at some stage in our life that it kind of echoes out mm. of that song. And I think, um, you know, that song has a lot in it. Like, I mean, it has... The old harshness of the time. Mm. There's a bit of a love story in it. It's, it's real too. It's kind of a lot of people have been down in their, in their look at times, and that kind of 
epitomise that. So I think he did speak for a generation of people. Yeah, a lot of people are making that point, though, this morning, that the music was real and that's why it was so attractive and worked. I it think wasn't so. schmaltzy version of Irish songs that, of course, were bombarded with most of the yeah. time. I mean, this was real stuff. It was, it? and I think he really got it in terms of his Irishness, even yeah. though he was born in London. I think when he, he must have really enjoyed the wildness of Ireland when he came out of London and went to Nina and her, you know, from to open the grandparents. Yeah, the Pocahon <laughs> connection. You better be careful of that. And yeah, I, yeah. I think he definitely yeah. was able to connect with his Irishness better than maybe a lot of yeah. former immigrants or whatever, the sons of immigrants or daughters. And he, he got it and he, you know, like things like, you know, we've heard a lot of bad stuff recently about the Late Late Show for other reasons different things around the Late Late Show but I think what the Late Late Show did very well over the years was when they honour a particular individual pay tribute, yeah. and pay yeah. tribute and they, there was some very good ones and the memorable one for us all was of course uh, Shane McGowan mm. and Ronnie Drew yeah. and uh, I really liked his music I, I I liked the Pogues I think look he was he had his own issues there's no mm. two ways about it he's, he's, he's dead at a very young age mm. Um, but those kind of guys don't live to be big ages. Sometimes they have lived all of their life in a capsule of an early time in their life. And you alluded to that yeah, it, that it there all was a period of time that where he was particularly fertile, where the songs were, were concerned. That's, That's an right. interesting one, Phil, that, you know, OK, it's great to pay tribute today. But a couple of listeners on to say that we're not mentioning the alcoholism and, and the drugs and that part of his life. Now, we did touch on the one I spoke to McCanley, but... He, I mean, at times like this, should you, should you go into You see, it? Yeah. the whole package included the kind the of the personality yeah, yeah, he yeah, had, yeah. the fact that he might be absolutely off his head and could still perform because he could operate within the, the parameters he had set for himself, if you like, yes. or that, that were set for him by the amount of alcohol or drugs that he consumed. I was saying it to the lads outside. I was um, When I was an MEP, we used to sit in, in either chair C or D on the aeroplane and the first four rows, but preferably the second, third and fourth because you wouldn't want to be the first. And um, Shane McGowan was sitting in, on his own in the seat opposite and I was on my own in the, the other seat on the other side and every so often he he pulled back his coat and took out a nag and a whiskey <laughs> and then he'd go <laughs> <laughs> and this went on the whole this way to Brussels. cackling laugh. Yeah, Absolutely yeah, yeah. and it wasn't even a laugh it was more like that yeah. he was kind of clearing his throat or getting it ready to, to get whatever needed to open up so as he could <laughs> absorb it faster yeah, or whatever yeah. but he was um, and, he spent, and he offered me a drink at one point and I said well, you're okay there like this won't happen again and he went you know and I just wonder what, what was he going to Brussels for indeed um, but yeah that was my my one time of meeting him and you know I just thought to myself oh god I, I really did think it was awful because this would have been about maybe half 11 in the day, maybe right, 11 o'clock, yeah, that yeah. kind of a and time. this is the serious part of it, isn't that it? Is that is the serious... Yeah. Well, I suppose, you see, it's when you talk about somebody, we tend to iconise him, and it's like, oh, he was marvellous, he was a... Br and yes, he was all of those things, but he was also a drunk. He was also somebody who, who didn't care for how he looked, didn't care for his teeth, didn't care for how he was perceived. His notoriety was that he would appear and be able to perform in a performative sense whilst appearing to be very, very 
under the weather with alcohol or yeah. other substances. And, and, and Liam, the, that notion of he reflected the Irish in, in London in his songs, but also in the way he lived, because a lot of the Irish are over there, they lived like that. That's what they, it was, they, yeah. they, they only earned money so they could spend it in the yeah, pub. Yeah, that's what it was. it was. It was a hard party in time. And I, I, again, we're all talking about memories we had, but my own brother had met Shane a few times in London and he said Shane's drink of choice at the time was a pint of Tia Maria. I mean, Could you imagine? it's crazy when you think about it. You know, if if I drank a pint of Maria now, I'd probably go into where Shane is. But that that was his life, and this was, this was it, it constant. Um, I, I mean, I had a memory of Shane myself that not that I met him, but I remember being in Dublin once in the early two thousands, and I met two girls from the Czech Republic. They were early twenties, and they come to Ireland to meet Shane McGowan. I mean, you know, they had, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that was what they were there for. And, you know, last night I, I, I watched them on Belgian television. But there's not just Shane. If you remember, we lost another fantastic artist this year in Sinead O'Connor. Yeah. Again, yeah. another one who kind of broke the mould. Yeah. An Ireland that was changing. An Ireland that was going from a very staid, a very, you know, we always want to put the best out. As you said, nobody wants to mention the alcoholism because yes. we have this Irish trait of... But it's like in Sinead's case as well, uh, you know, a fragile yeah, human very being. Fragile. Mental health yeah. issues, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. in Ireland, we don't want to talk about the bad things, especially around their debt. But Shane McGowan would probably be the first person to say, absolutely talk about it, put it out there. He never shied away from the truth. He never shied away from the problems he had. He, he wrote about them. He, he, that was in his song. That was part of his story. And... We've got to acknowledge that he came at a time when we were breaking one mould and creating a new mould. We lost Christy Dignam as well. I mean, three absolute giants of yeah. Irish music in one year. It's so as you talk year. about the Tia Maria, when when we did the awards thing in the 90s in, in Tipperary Town, he arrived in a car. He was very late, of course, which yeah. caused all sorts of consternation. And then he came out with a, a, a bottle of sherry in, in, in his hand, and that's what he had. But there was a particularly hard-drinking friend of mine who said... For God's sake, he said, sure, Janie McAfee was a serious drinker. He said he wouldn't be drinking that yeah, soon. So there was all these sort of things going around. You know what, that's well, it, he was only yeah. topping himself He's up, like, you know, anything at all. I know, yeah. yeah. Uh, do you think he'll be remembered, uh, John? I, I mean, think so. Yeah. yeah, I think very fondly remembered, yeah. actually. I think that he had integrity. Yeah. I think he, you know, I think Liam and, and Phil have alluded to the fact that he he was real and and he was of his time but like if you think about um I think he'll definitely be remembered. Like that that whole time that again I go back to the fairy tale of New York because it's, it was his biggest hit. And uh, Kirsty McCall, who who was in that uh, video, yeah. or that song with him, has also passed. Yeah. And the sadness around it. I remember somebody on a, I think was it an English television documentary one night, you know, talking about the story of that mm. song, saying how did they end up? You know, yeah. the way they were always fighting and they were always, you know, arguing and did they. Did they make it in the end? Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and I always thought that was very that was wonderful. And that's to, that to shows, know where where the story ended up. There was yeah, almost an actor, yeah. and and there was a story there. And you know where they ended up is they're both, you know, in real terms, they're both dead before their time. Yeah, sadly. And I think Shane, as we're talking about Shane, I think he will be very fondly remembered. Yeah. I think he will. I think he was one of the good ones. I think he was. He had a huge talent. He was. He was. You know, he he had issues. There's no two ways about yeah. it. He didn't hide that. But I think his talent came through. His songwriting talent, his lyrics, oh, will, will, his lyrics, really his lyrics will be remembered. Yeah. It's interesting. We we play the the unedited version here, but it's interesting about the word faggot. That yeah. they well, I know the BBC anyway insisting on that taken from from the song. Or but again, the song. you know, I mean, you, you're using terms and they mean different things course, to different people. Course, and yes. you know, I mean, a slang can be a 
applied to a situation or somebody yeah. that might have an issue. But I mean, it's it's all about communication and it mm. depends on a context and if something is in a context of a song and it was Shane mm. McGowan yeah. you would cut him slack I mean he was a bit like Brendan Bean Langers the whole time but absolutely a lot of similarities there absolutely Bean, I yeah. would mm. say that maybe there was there's a, a, a sort of a definitely yeah. there's a likeness well he in, refers to him in one of his songs as well doesn't he yeah, um, yeah. I can't remember <coughs> which one what, what, is, you're, yeah. what you're talking about there as well is the censorship of art yeah and yeah. we're going to go down the road of censoring oh, art we can forget but sure, about we're, we're, we're down that road we are down I mean, the well, road we need to come back from that you know, though we, we have, need to have a discussion too much of the yeah. casually offended and it yeah. is casually offensive yeah. you know I mean there's, there's an awful lot of people know exactly what Shane McGowan was trying to do yeah. when he wrote that lyric I know and yes you'll have people say oh no no you can't say that because you know it's offensive it's ridiculous yeah yeah and what a shame and we have it every year we have that same argument every year I know I know well at least we're playing the proper version of yeah, it here but, but there you go we'll take a break and we'll be back uh, with more 1800 938 007 Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry in association with Slattery's of Pecone Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer Slattery's Garage Pecone the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County Slattery'sGarage.ie joined by one of our finest songwriters Johnny Doohan Johnny good morning to you Good morning to you, friend. And uh, sad news about Shane. You you met him on a number of occasions, Johnny. Um, I no, actually, I met him once, and it was at um, it was at the Christy Moore. Um, I forget the name of the program, mm. but he was Christy was doing a, a program on songwriters that he worked with. Do you remember that? When yes, I do indeed. I do indeed. Yeah. <clears throat> um, Shane and myself were booked for the same day. Mm. And uh, he came up from Tipperary, I think, mm. and he arrived early. And he'd had a few, you know, but so they asked me, would I sit back and just wait until, uh, you know, to, to get the whole thing sorted out with him. Yeah. And uh, so I met him in the kitchen. We were, <laughs> I walked in and he was, uh, he had a bottle in his hand, but he was quite sober. Yeah. Uh, we, had ch- we had a chat about songwriting. And uh, the first thing he said to me, and he, I won't give you his exact words, but he said, "How do how do how do you like it when people change your words?" <laughs> In other words, the, the lyrics yes. of your song. Yeah. And uh, that that got the the things running because I've always been uh, very precious about the words I put down. Well, yes. I spend a lot of time working on them, as he did. Yeah. As he did, you know. I mean. So he, he obviously uh, didn't like people tampering with changing words, you know. Obviously not, in fact, indeed, yeah. I, I, was in, I was actually in the high court at the time <laughs> over <laughs> to, to <laughs> such, such a thing. Like, yes, you know, but, yeah. uh, and what, what about <laughs> the songs? You know, you're a very wonderful songwriter yourself. And in terms of his lyrics particularly, Johnny, and the construction of those lyrics and stuff, I mean, he was it was a remarkable talent, wasn't it? Well, I think what you see, everybody has to find their own voice. I keep telling songwriters that, you know, you can't, we, everybody kind of takes influences in, you know, but at some stage you have to find who you are like, you know, and he found it mm. without a shadow of a doubt. He found the tone, you know, before that he'd been in a punk band mm. Mm. and suddenly he realized, Jesus, as I did myself, uh, you know, there's a lot more to um, pop music. There's, there's something deeper in the traditions, kind of, you know, of all traditions in England and wherever you are. 
Mm. And uh, he, he, that resonated for him. And uh, you can hear it in, 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 even in the melodies that he comes up with, you know. Yeah, but, um, and and there was the punk anarchy there, but I mean the the some of the lyrics are so. Yeah, so, I, 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 yeah sorry, Johnny. Yeah. I, I I often say to people, you know, it, it, it's the it's the ballads, the slow ones, that always you know have the lasting, real lasting. Ballads. I think so too. Yeah. In, in 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 any in any um in any kind of medium, you know, in any um, genre that you can think of. Yeah. Uh, and if you do, if you don't connect with a few of them, um, you know you're not going to get to a wide audience. And uh, I mean, the fairy tale in New York is absolutely. I, I, I listened to it this morning. I, in fact, I didn't. I deliberately didn't listen to it. Mm. I read it, and right. uh, right. and then I read it, and then I could see. You can see exactly. You know, I mean, it, the opening verse is terrific. Yeah. It grabs your attention straight away. Tolstoy says you, you've got to grab them with the first few, you know, the opening lines of, of any a story or whatever it be, and uh, he does it there. You know, you're in a, you're, <laughs> you're in a what in a cell like, you know, with uh, yeah, somebody and, else. And that painting of a else. picture, because you are there, aren't you, when you hear oh, that yeah, lyric? You're, you're yeah. there. You're there with him. Yeah. But having said that, I often say the melody really is the. Is the key, you know. A melody can really bring out all that from you, you know. So I don't know how, how I meant to ask him, but I didn't. And I knew his manager very well, mm. Frank Murray. Yes. He goes back right to Tin Lizzy when I was in, you know, t- I used to live with Phil in, a, in Dublin. Yeah. And we were always talking about how, how you write songs and all that kind of stuff. Mm. But um, but it's, uh, I think he's a fellow called Jim Finer who wrote the melody of that yes, uh, yeah. fairy tale of New York. And uh, it's a terrific melody. It's, like, it's you know? ter- and and it, in its simplicity, it's genius, if you know what I mean, Johnny. Ab- you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, I mean, it, it really is. And then there's all, there's all sorts of things going on in this. Another fellow I worked with that worked on that, it was Fikra uh, Trench. He yeah. wrote the he, strings. He arranged the strings, didn't he? Yeah, which yeah. are so evocative on that, yeah. I was in a band with him when I Where moved you? to London after leaving Granny's Intention. Wow. Yeah, wow. and uh, he was he was a keyboard player. Those two keyboard players, two lovely fellas, two Dubliners, mm. and uh, I think Fiacre was from, originally from Dublin as well. You know, and uh, he, uh, without the strings again, like you know, I mean, it's it's a combination of things. You know, it's the magic of what happens when a song kind of comes together, you know. It's almost like it's destined to happen. Yeah, but as you, you know? well know, you can have the song and you can have even the vocal performance, but if you don't have a sympathetic um, production around you and arrangement yeah. around you, it can be destructive. Oh, yeah. yeah. You can get lost, you know. Yeah, yeah. But then, again, but getting back to the lyrics, because the lyrics, for me, you know, are predominant. But having said that, you know the melody is key, is crucial. Like you know, it has to be there. And then you've got the other element. What's the song about? Mm. And it's about the, the longing into the heart for mm. love. Mm. You know, and it, straight away it's a kind of a dysfunctional love in that the two main uh, characters in it. You know, the drama. Kirsty mm. uh, McCall is taking on the the woman who's cursing at her, her mm. fellow, you know, he's he's a dreamer and he's a second schemer and he's gotten... And he's a drunk, he's got yeah. A, he's, 
And she's a she's a drunk too, yeah. like you know. Yeah. Both of them are, are in the same bag, like you know. And that's what happens. But it, but it's still and a love so, story, Johnny. It's still a love story. Oh, it's a love, you know? it's, it's a love story completely, yeah. you know. Yeah. And uh, one of the most beautiful things I think I, I just happened to come upon it this morning too was a, an article in the paper uh, by his wife Victoria Clark, you know, the yeah. the girl he eventually ended up with. Yeah. And uh, I mean. What she said at his bedside after he died, you know, it's amazing. Like, you know, she just said uh, he's going back to Jesus and Mary and his own mother, you know. Uh, I thought it was... Because he was a very spiritual man at the same time, you know. And not a lot of uh, all all the poets that he he would have probably been, you know, influenced by, like Baudelaire, the famous French decadent Mm. kind of poet mm. was very spiritual as well like you know and uh, I mean he's the famous guy that came out and said uh, you know if you think the devil is gone you know you're <laughs> he's, he's there all the time you know it's, it's the biggest trick to fool you that he's not there and the devil being the one that lands you in all these situations that you get into that you're in you're in you're in a cell and as, as the first verse opens in that song yeah and, then, and I think yeah. That is his greatest song, but he's got another few ballads that are... Uh, I was going to ask you, you about know, a favourite, because I, I, the general consensus so far is uh, Rainy Night in Soho, and I, that would be my favourite, but do you have a favourite in particular? Well, that is, for me, it's the fairy tale, without a shadow is of a doubt. Yeah, yeah. Just, just a brilliant... Everything comes together in yeah, that, you know. Yeah. I mean, Rainy, Rainy Night in Soho is, is uh, the same kind of theme again, like, yeah, you know, he's... Yeah. Uh, but he's, he's, it's a kind of a love song again. He's looking for love, you know. He's a, it's like Joni Mitchell. Her, all, all her great songs were all about searching mm. for this yes. mythic kind of lover that uh, we all look for, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what I think. What that's what makes him special. It it, it, uh, it resonates for so many people because. Everybody's in the same boat, really, you know. I suppose, and, uh, yeah. Everybody's searching I, for I, love. I, yeah. I, I'll tell you one thing. I, I got up very early there. It was last year in the middle of winter, and uh, I was walking around. In fact, I was going to Mass very early in the morning, and I was walking around Galway, and I couldn't believe At 5 o'clock in the morning, half 5 or something like that, and uh, the amount of trucks that were going up and down the main streets and around and dropping off barrels to the... The amount of drink <laughs> we consume, and it's not just us. Like it's, I, I saw a program in Russia one time where, you know, being alive is a very, very difficult thing. You know, I mean, ever since the young man discovered, you know, the survival of the fittest, yeah. that it's a bit of a life is a bit of a jungle, and for people, they they need all these things to try and to try and get through each day like that we live. Uh, And he takes on that, and that's why people actually like that kind of truth coming out in song, you know? Yeah, and that's what people see in it as well. Uh, Johnny, thanks so much for your time today. Lovely tribute there, and thanks for talking to me, Johnny. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Good, good good morning to you. And that's the great Johnny Doing. It's a feast of uh, my favourite songwriters today because I'm joined now by Mick Hanley. Mick, good morning to you. Morning, Fran. How are you? I'm very well indeed, Mick, and, and lovely to talk to you today. You know, you, you it's, it, it's great tribute from you because already you've said to Emma, you were a huge fan of his. Now, for somebody of your calibre to be a fan of another songwriter, that's saying something, Mick. 
Well, I, I don't think there's... Uh, everyone was a fan of Shane's, you know? Every, everybody. Mm. Uh, I, that, that I can think of, anyway. I thought he was a very special and very unique kind of talent. And uh, it's, it's really sad to see so soon after Sinead going yeah. that uh, uh, Shane has gone as well. There are two powerful forces in Irish music have suddenly uh, left us, you know, this year. That's a big that's a big loss. There's a really big loss. For, for certain. I was talking to Johnny there about, you know, the character himself, and he became an icon, but he became almost bigger than he songs in some ways, Mick. Yeah. Um, well, uh, you know, he, he cultivated a very, very difficult life. Yeah. And uh, there was so much alcohol involved. It was very, it killed his uh, creative uh, thing quite early in his life, I'm afraid. Mm. So, um, uh, you know, that was an awful loss. He, he, but then again, maybe he had said what he wanted to say. It was a bit like being, you know. Yes, yeah. Uh, he, he, he died far too young. And a lot of uh, artists do, unfortunately, you know. Um, but and, and what they, is uh, it about artists? Because business. you you spoke to me in the past quite openly about about your own drinking and and the like. Mm. Is there mm. something in the artist being vulnerable and fragile in some way that that you know that that's an attractive? I, I don't well, know, I, I, I was or listening something. To, to Johnny there uh, yeah. about search for love. Yeah. And if I think uh, most artists are, are really hungry for applause that they didn't get when they were growing up uh, in some sort of way. Wow. They, they lack something and uh, they go out there and try and find it in a different, way, a different form. And uh, they really succeed because it's uh, like if you're born and then reared in a, uh, in a family that doesn't provide that, nurture and care then you're going to to, to try and find you want to be uh, applauded you know and it, it's a kind of a drug that you need because there's a hole in your in your personality that needs filling constantly and uh, that's why people like go to uh, extraordinary lengths to try and uh, get listened to um, you know great great uh, novelists poets writers painters they all they're all trying to uh, get that uh, thing that they're missing, so far as I can see. That's only a personal opinion. I, I think so, yeah. I think it is a search for love. And, uh, you know, uh, because it's it's such a, uh, how would I say, um, it's such an ethereal thing, almost. Uh, there's, the, the, you, they take to other substances to try and fill that hole. Uh, including myself now, I have to say. And uh, it never does. It never does. And when it doesn't, then it gets out of hand completely. And, uh, yeah, it, mm. it, 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 a lot of artists seem to be... Uh, anyway, uh, Fran, it's a very strange life. Yes. It's a yeah. terribly strange life. You're all alone um, trying to write songs, and then you have an hour or an hour and a half at night. You're going off somewhere strange. You're trying to convince a bunch of strangers that this is worth saying, that what you have to say is worth saying. And then you come back. And if it goes well, you're on a high coming back. And then tomorrow you have to look at the same thing. It's a weird life. It's a weird life. There is no, there is no kind of uh, uh, finality to the satisfaction. 
Do you know what I mean? It's like if you if you build a house or build uh, make a, a boat or something like that, you have this lovely satisfaction of putting it on the river. But uh, in 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 songwriting and all types of writing, you put it out there and you don't hear someone clapping you when they put when they close the last chapter of the book. But Do you Mick, know what I'm saying? Mick, like, when when you listen to the incredible songs that you've written over the years. Do you not get the love from that? Do you not get the solace from that? No, I, I wouldn't wow. say so. I do get the, the, the love when people uh, acknowledge, uh, but I don't write them for myself. I, I'm, I'm writing them to 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 get that uh, acknowledgement that I'm worth something. It's a, I know it's very, it sounds very odd, but that's what it came from. I, I picked up the guitar and I knew I had an escape because I didn't get it at home and I didn't get it at school. And I knew I had the kind of... Uh, and listen, we're supposed to be talking about, about Shane here. Well, 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 well we are, you see, thing, because... You know? Yeah, we are, because we're talking about artistry, I, I suppose, Mick, in it. So, yeah, OK. You yeah. know, the, the other thing I was going to... And, and again, similarities with yourself... Is it a danger? And I'm just thinking, you know, most people go about their lives and they hear music on, in the background mm-hmm. on the radio and they would associate Shane McGowan with Fairy Tale of New York, in your own case, probably past the point of rescue. Yeah. Is that annoying at times that, you know, your back catalogue is, there, is summed up with one song? Or? <laughs> yeah, I suppose it's, uh, yeah, you, you, you always say to yourself, well, I have a lot of songs, a lot of songs, and I think some of them are even better yeah. than uh, than past the point. But people, uh, look, past the point had uh, the the that kind of nugget that one needs for a, a hit. It's a memorable kind of uh, melody. It's, mm. it's 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 a worm, as they call it in the songwriting profession. It gets into your head. You can't get it out, which is great for the songwriter. You know, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, it has uh, like uh, it has. What it takes, um, and the, the, we were, the, you were talking to Johnny about New York. That, yeah. that thing, mm. that was an on a, an extraordinary uh, song because it went against all of the other kind of Christmassy uh, junk that's brought out. The schmaltzy you know stuff, I mean? yeah, 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 terrible. There's <laughs> like White Christmas, a lovely song, and all the rest of it, but it's a bit. It doesn't measure up now against. I think uh, Fairy Tale is the best song ever written. The best wow. Christmas song ever written. Ever, Mick? Wow. Yeah, I would, yeah. I'd say it is because of its uniqueness it's, uh, and, it's, and its subject matter oh. and the time of the year when people actually overindulge and get a land in position, land in uh, places where they don't yeah, want to be. Yeah. You know, I thought that was uh, captured so well. Can you remember so when well. you heard that first? Oh yeah, I can of course. Yeah, I couldn't believe it, and uh, I, like the 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 production of it. Now yeah. I don't know how much of it Shane wrote mm. uh, because there was another lad involved. Yeah, I think it was just the lyric, as far as I know. Yeah, he 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 uh, he stayed way below the radar, mm. but mm. the way the song is constructed, it broke rules. And I, I'm not I'm not very fond of songs that change tempo mm. in the middle. Mm. But in this case, it was absolutely appropriate. You know, it was perfect mm. because uh, they upped the tempo for the row, and then they go back to yeah, uh, thing. Yeah, and yeah. it was just and crazy, the, the string know? arrangement like is just gorgeous. I mean, it's yeah, perfect yeah. for absolutely. Well, he's, he, uh, is is yeah. very special.
He did a song of mine which was on the Homeland album. I loved what he did. Um, he put strings on one of the songs. Um, God, home, uh, this pa- Patrick Hill song, a long song. That's one but of my favourite songs. That's a gorgeous song, yeah. yeah. Every ta- ta- like every little thing he added was totally appropriate. Uh, he's a very gifted man, a very gifted man. But Shane, yeah, I agree with you that that other song, uh, the... the uh, Rainy Night in Soho? Right, Night in Soho is yeah. a beautiful song. Its simplicity is beautiful. But also I loved his thing with um, uh, the Ronnie Drew. Uh, the Wild Rover, not the Wild Rover, the, da, 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 the, da, Irish, the, the Irish, Irish Rover. Yes. Yeah, yeah. The kind of... The way himself and Ronnie mixed that was <laughs> wonderful, you know. Was it? Yeah, it was a lovely mix. Uh, indeed, I think yeah. so. Yeah, I I love that and. Uh, yeah. You know, there's, there's something else yeah. I want I wanted to say to you, Mick, because it's kind of I I'm, I get annoyed on your behalf <laughs> where this is concerned, okay. and it's just that people think they're giving a wonderful song a compliment to a songwriter when they describe them as a poet, as if poetry was a superior art in some way. Um, songwriting uh, is a very different art, is it not? Totally, absolutely. Uh, I think uh, Van Morrison has something to answer there. Uh, Van Fancy, the poet thing, I don't. I think it's a completely different craft. Mm. And it's, uh, you know, poets are, are a different being. Mm. Uh, there's a totally different thing. Uh, the songwriting technique, now, they do work sometimes. Very mm. rarely, though. Raglan Road was one of the songs. Yes. I thought it really worked as a poem and a song. Mm. Uh, but they were talking about another genius there. Paddy Kavanagh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know. Yeah. But uh, in general, I would I'd say they're totally different crafts, and I don't think I write poetry, but yeah. I am careful about uh, what kind of words, uh, lyrics I use. And I'm not bothered, by the way, if people change the words, so long as they're an improvement. Right, okay. Okay. But that would but be subjective, Mick, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if they change them and they're not an improvement, I really uh, don't like that. Yeah, well, I, I, I can't imagine. Look, it's, 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 it's sad news, but it, it's been an incredible life he had anyway, Mick, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I would imagine the, the final years of his life weren't great, you know. I yeah. mean, there must have been, it must have been tough on him just looking as a... Uh, what was around him and the state he was in and it's very hard to get out of obviously yeah of course yeah well yeah. Mick lovely tribute and thank you so much for coming on with me Mick I know I, that you're you're appearing yourself in Tipperary tonight I think are you I am indeed yeah I'm in a place called Finn's Bar yeah uh, at Joe's Folk Club uh, it's uh, Bursley Bursley yeah, yeah Bursley uh, uh, what so, time is that at Mick but I'd say Nine o'clock. Okay. Okay. All right. And and do you need tickets for that, or can you just turn up, Mick? Oh, I'd say turn up at the door. Right. Uh, if uh, you know, and we'll we'll have a good night. I'm sure you will indeed. Always and good I to talk to you. I think I'll come up with a song to dedicate to Shane as well. For, for oh, lovely! That's a lovely idea too, Mick. You yeah. enjoy yourself in Tipperary tonight. Uh, Finns in Bursley. Thanks, Mick. Thank you, Gurmila. Thanks Marcus. very much. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. bye. That's uh, the great Mick Hanley there. Um, and for him to describe himself as being a fan of, of Shane McGowan's really uh, gives you an indication of the quality of, of the songwriting. All right, uh, let me see. I need to take a break, don't I? Back in just a moment. If it matters to you, it matters to us. Call TIP today on one 800 938 007. 
Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecone, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecone, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie Welcome back to our Friday panel. My old friend uh, Tim Floyd uh, was on to say Shane's love for Tip was reflected in his own song, The Broad Majestic uh, Shannon, mm. which had the line, I sat for a while at the cross of Fano. Uh, where young lovers would meet when the flowers were in bloom and uh, heard the men coming home from the fair in Shinro and their hearts in Tipperary, wherever they go. So fair play, Tim. Thank I'm you for that. Uh, 083 311 Now, uh, members of the Garda Public Order Unit are to be issued with tasers, the Garda Commissioner has said, uh, while the force is also to acquire two water cannons for full-time use. Garda will also begin to wear body cameras from the middle of next year and all frontline Garda will be issued with stronger defensive sprays and more personal safety equipment and that's according to Commissioner Drew Harris um, Phil can I start with you where this is concerned is this a little too late at this point? We see it's never too late um, Fran because when you have an evolving situation where you saw um, what appeared to be an unplanned um, attack on, on normal people going around their business in Dublin when you, when you see something like that that, that grows I suppose we have this whole communication thing now. There's nothing outside our knowledge. Like when anything happens, we know it immediately. There's the WhatsApp groups flying around. There's all sorts of means of people letting you know there's something on. Be somewhere. Go somewhere. Let's exploit this. Let's do what needs to be done. Um, it, it's not it, It's not too late. Um, I think the Gardaí on the night responded immensely well, considering... The, the unprecedented and uh, the, mm. they were unaware of a situation and they seemed to get a mass of Gardaí to an area where there was trouble. And that trouble developed and there was other factions. It would appear that there was there was planned protests which turned into being part of the fringe that were up to mischief and l- looting into the shops and, you know, causing real hardship for ordinary people who would expect it. I mean, I used to love going into to Grafton Street yeah, when yeah, I was a, yeah. a senator. You'd go up there and the ambience and you see people strolling around and the lovely window displays and it was a lovely place to go. I don't think it's considered to be a safe anymore. But no, this is a development that the Gardaí have to be better prepared for the ability well, that people have. what I meant in my first question to you, Phil, really was the GRA have been fighting for this for years and years and years but it took what happened in Dublin to, to sort of cause this to happen but sure, we all knew the Gardaí needed better resources and better equipment. But your friend there's Gardaí that can't afford to feed themselves yeah. there's Gardaí yeah. that are sleeping in their cars Yeah. They're, I mean that's the reality they're, they're not they're not sufficiently resourced to be safe in themselves. I can tell you at one point I thought one of mine wanted to be a guard and I just thought I would be so afraid if he became a guard because I don't consider it that it's a very safe occupation and I think that body cameras and they work both ways I'm aware of that but like you need to have you need to have the the evidence that there's wrongdoing going Mm. on you need to have evidence and you see it does work both ways but for guardy. They need 
to have additional resources. They need to be safer. They need to keep people safer, but they need to be able to also record what's going on. And I know that you can be very insular in how you view a recording because you're only going to take what's there. But if there's other guardie and the strategies, they're obviously going to say, well, you know, if this happens, you have to have all angles. So you're not going to get somebody assuming. You have time coding on the cameras And I mean, they do. And I mean, they came from they came from Letterkenny. Two and a half hours away. Well, uh, do you know, I, I only discovered this over the last couple of days, a lot of them voluntarily came without Absolutely. being asked. They came yeah. to support their yeah. colleagues, so it just goes to show you. Um, John, how, how are you feeling about this uh, at this point? Because, you know, a lot of people are saying what I said there. I mean, gar- ordinary guardian have been crying out for all of this for, for, for years, but it took an unfortunate situation where Gardy could have been killed on that Thursday night mm. um, to, <coughs> to spark some action. And it does often take a big event to spur the response that you now see. Uh, I accept that that should have been done before now, but hindsight is a great thing. It's 2020 vision. But I think they do need the tools they've now been given and the legislation they've now been given. And I think it is a good reaction to a desperate situation, to an awful tragedy that happened. I think to give the people that perpetrated this the uh, tag of far right is to give them credence as if they had some kind of a philosophy I don't think they had any philosophy. I think they are absolute uh, togs to do what they did, uh, to come in. And how, you know, in a, in a country, in a republic like Ireland, where, you know, our public transport has to be maintained and all these other things that guard the cars. I think it, Padraig Pierce, uh, back when we were just uh, trying to get out of British rule, I think one of the first things he despised was what the looters in Cleary's across the street in O'Connell Street back in 1916. And the looters are the lowest form of life because they have no philosophy whatsoever. They only came there to make trouble. Okay, I I and, hear and, your point. What, what about the people who would describe them as disenfranchised youth? No. Pe- people who have had little or nothing. Uh, we're talking about North Inner City there. Yeah. where you know. Well, humbug, I say to Humbug. That. Humbug, because we have a good system of social welfare in Ireland, of training for people. I know it's not perfect, but, you know, anyone that does that, there's a lot of... The, the woman that struck, struck out to me, and she looked like an ordinary Dublin housewife who was describing what happened to the children, and she saw it in real time. And she also saw the Brazilian guy that knocked mm. hit your man with his helmet and knocked him Was out. this the lady who was at the trial for the Stardust? Was that? Yes. 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 yes, that lady. Yeah. That yeah. lady came across to me as one of the real heroes of the hour. Mm. Uh, she, she was an ordinary Dublin person. She probably didn't have, uh, a, a, you know, an amazing education or apprenticeship or all the opportunities that are now there. She's a good person. For, she was just a good person. It, it's about what's in, yeah. what your, what your, uh, you know your your yeah. your spirit is. I think, and it's it's your. What what about that uh, thing that this is spur of the moment? So you and I had a conversation, and I hate to say that you prophesized, but you did. You said that one event would spark trouble, um, and that event happened, didn't? I did, yeah. Uh, and I'd like to take John to task for what something he just said there a second ago. Like hindsight is a great thing, uh, as if we didn't see it coming. There was riots in Dublin in two thousand and six, the Love Ulster riots. Yeah. And we were caught on the hop. Then. Zone, Yet yeah. for a yeah. week before that, it was clear that if there was going to be a march that day, there was likely to be trouble. And when it happened, we seemed to be surprised. Funnily enough, Drew Harris was still a member of the RUC at the time that was asked for loan of a water cannon at the time. We're now 17 years later, 
and the riot squad in Ireland doesn't have a water cannon. It's, it's one of the most mm. basic tools you'd use in any riot situation to try and disperse a crowd. A lot of guys in the middle of November, if they got fairly wet that evening, would have gone home fairly quickly. That's a fact. There was riots in Dublin in May of this year that we're not talking about, on Sandwich Street, where there was refugee tents and homeless tents right. and protests on the streets that had to be dispersed by a riot squad. So we're going around now pretending that we didn't see this coming. At two o'clock on the day, at about an hour after the stabbings, less than an hour after the stabbings, there was a crowd begin to assemble on the top of Parnell Street. It was as plain as the nose on the face that as soon as it got dark, there was going to be trouble there. But there was no dispersal. We found out since from the GRA that Gardaí were coming from around the country, being asked to come by their colleagues on WhatsApp groups. That's what we, that's what we call a proper uh, you know, command and control from headquarters. The, p- the police in this country are being let down big time by their own senior management mm. and by government. Let's stop talking about resources. We're now putting the horse way after the car. This horse is not bolted, it's down the road. We're buying 200 tasers. When are they going to be used? Because people haven't been trained. We're now taking Gardaí out of Templemore that we've admitted and have not had full training to try and get them out in the streets. We can see in our own local areas that we've a lack of Gardaí. Here's another prophecy, Fran, and I'll tell you straight. It's very easy to see where trouble's going to come. In Cashel last week, I was sent two videos and I posted them on my Facebook page of five or six youngsters opening car doors at night time, at 12 o'clock at night. These kids are 12 and 13 years of age. I know who they are. Most of the town who know they are. I can't mention who they are because on Monday you'll have a couple of organisations in here calling me a racist and calling me discriminatory. But they're 12 and 13 years of age walking around Cashel opening car doors. Within five years, they'll be going into houses. Because if you allow people to get away with low-level mm. crime like that, with no consequences, it will get worse. There, there was a turn, though, was there not? I mean, if you if you examined the videos from Thursday night and Friday night, Thursday night the Gardaí were under severe pressure. There was one poor guy on his own there. I thought he was going to be killed, to be honest with you. But then the second night, we, we saw the guards in action with the batons, and there was a very, very different dynamic going on. What about that, Phil? What, yeah, what did you make a conf- of that? There's a confidence to an extent from when you get some support. resources and you get support yeah. and you have you have a density of, you know, that there's a lot of vision on the street mm. everywhere you look. You're looking at guards are recognised as being guardy. Um And, you know, with, with hives and people wearing different identifying mm. clothings now, there's people that want to be identified. Gardaí always wore high vis, or they were always you were always aware they were a guard mm. because even their stature, their standard, the mm. fact that they put up their hand mm. and and mm. we stopped if they put up their hand. Now they take the hand off you. Yeah. But it was good to see the fact that there was a density of Gardaí where there was a, a, an element of that there was going to be trouble. And sometimes, like Mar- like Lima said, it's in the ether. You can feel it when something is happening. You can feel it when people are, are, are they're getting it. They, and they, was it any surprise to you, Phil, that there was that reaction to what happened to those poor children? Was, was there any surprise element? Oh, well, I, I just think it's so horrendously sad what happened that I don't think we can lose sight of the fact that a woman and a child are still critical, yeah. in a critical condition still, and that doesn't bode well for, you know. Yes. But they, they, they hor- it, it's horrendous what happened, but I think there was probably a protest march going to go on and I think it merged into a wider element of civil disobedience and mm. that, 
that led. And do you see that as just hooliganism or do you see well, it? absolutely uh, hooliganism right, okay, and absolutely right. exploiting a situation as well, trying to incite violence, inciting racism. I mean, there was a poor man's picture held up in the doll this week um, uh, and and he had no, he was having mm. sitting down having a drink uh, unrelated to anything but he was vilified because he right. happened to be in that place and his photograph was held up right but he and, was, and he was beside where where this happened and the, and the kids it, walking it, it back may and be, forth but he may not have been aware of that yeah, like yeah. i mean it's it's you yeah. you have to be i think you have to be so careful not to you know erroneously put people out there that have nothing to do with anything except they're yes. sitting there and, minding and you're talking about the Sinn Féin reaction uh, where, where this, uh, these photographs were concerned and they, but they making the point that well where's the policing where, why, why is that's this that's not an answer okay. at all to vilify somebody else because they, they um, there isn't policing yes, they're drunk there, there, the... there's, there's a whole situation where Gardy as you say as, as Liam has said they're coming out of Templemore they haven't got the full range of training and I do realise there's horses for courses there are people that are going to be great on horseback and there's people that mm. are going to be great on a computer mm. I probably would be better on horseback than a computer and that's saying nothing <laughs> that's saying nothing about your that's equine uh, training uh, my, my only problem with this is are we missing the entire point here as to how we got to where we are and you know, well, and, and, know. and we got to where we are because ordinary people who are not far right people have concerns mm. about our immigration policy here. Jim. Yeah, is, I, is, I is that the, the genesis? Of course of they it? do. Of yeah. course they do. And 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 they're they're in time they'll have to be answers to that. But let's put the clock back a little. The surprise element of what happened to those children and that that teacher in O'Connor—that's not a re, a, a, day, a daily or a monthly or a weekly or a yearly. Uh, occurrence in Ireland. That was a very, uh, that has actually almost been forgotten. What the surprise element of the awful uh, element of what happened there. It was almost like something like a shooting in the United States that you hear about in schools or well, whatever. There, there is growing and violence. Being there is, there is. And you're right. Like, I mean, there is, there is things, there has been a bit of a lead up, but it often takes, like, I mean, anyone to say that they have, you know, they've, they've a, a crystal ball on all this is not being fully truthful with you. You, you don't live your life by looking into a crystal ball. You live your life by li- living each day at a time and working with what comes but in front of you I'm each the, day. If I'm the Garda Commissioner, surely I have to be in a position to predict John, you know? Of course he does, and he does. But, like, I mean, there's no two ways about it. He didn't, he do- though, did he? But he didn't. But, like, this, this, this surprise attack and what it brought about uh, were, you know, totally unrelated. The, the, the people that did the damage in Dublin after that attack had no sympathy to my mind, for the t- the attack that had taken place, mm. they they simply just wanted uh, a license to go rampant and go mad and go d- d- engage in all kinds of development around the city, and they did it. Right, but but there's been yeah. violence all over Dublin city. Yeah. There has, and for as Liam so pointed long, out, there has know. been things building up. There has been a pent up build up. Yeah. There's no two ways about it. There has, and now there's action being yeah. taken. But like, I mean, it's better late than never, and it is it is the situation that. Um, this is a particularly. This right. was a particularly bad. And, and far be it for me to cause trouble, but basically, John is saying there that you're not being fully truthful if you're saying that you could have predicted this, Liam. Not at all. Here's the problem. Right. Exactly what John has said. Nobody saw the stabbing coming. 
So how could we react to that? The problem is, John, is we shouldn't have to wait until somebody, three people are stabbed before we deal with it. What people did see is being harassed for money on a concert. What people did see is casual violence mm. on a concert, drunkenness, drug dealing, people being punched. If you don't deal with the people who are doing mm. that when they're doing the small stuff, then they're eventually going to do the big stuff. And, and these and people were primed. To, they were primed to be triggered. Absolutely. Then. And then we're going yeah. to pretend. No, but what I agree with what he's yeah. saying, I actually agree with some of what he's saying because there was instance this summer of American tourists. Not, not instance. And, and sorry, sorry, John. There was many instances. Sorry, John. I know that. Oh, sorry, John. There's not been instance this summer. I have two kids in Dublin who will tell, and they're there for five years, who will tell you that they won't go into Dublin after dark. Yeah. And winter, they won't go into Dublin well. at four and o'clock. I know and why this. is that the case? Mm. I was in Dublin last February at a concert and my wife couldn't get off a concert fast enough after we come from the point. You go into any European city. I was in Berlin a week and a half ago. I never once felt unsafe. Why do I feel unsafe in, on O'Connell Street? And people do feel unsafe. And as bold as they are, Fran, you said on Friday night there was a difference to reaction. The ones who caused trouble on Thursday were bold enough to go back in Friday night and think they'd get away with it. Except this time they didn't. Except this time there was a large guard of presence. But we shouldn't mm. need to wait until you have Garda, Gardaí battening and, people and, up and, and down the street. Do you agree with what I said to John? Is that uh, uh, this deserves to be talked about Absolutely. and dissected and all that. But are we missing... The, the substantive issue here, which is what sort of sparks all of I've this. I've constantly said this, Fran, we don't want to talk about problems until they become crises. When we should be debating them before they come anywhere near crisis. And if we allow people the chance to open up, and some people will have very extreme views, but at least they can be listened to and you can tell them, look, you might have an extreme mm. view on that, but that's not the way it is. But there's an awful lot of people who do not have extreme views. They have very normal concerns. For example, we'll take the Cashel case two weeks ago. The concern in Cashel two weeks ago mostly came from females because females felt unsafe on the street at night time. Whether that's right or wrong, that's something that can be debated. Mm. But you can't pretend that it's not there. We have this thing in Ireland where we do not talk about the problem. People. We and vilify I, people yeah. for coming yeah. out and talking. Yeah. And then when something big happens, like a concert, we pretend that yes. we're shocked. Yes, Phil. Well, I, I just, having been in Dublin recently and we walked from Houston Station and we walked up as far as one of the... By the river there, was it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, the open the open drug use, heroin hmm. shoot-ups, people injecting themselves off their head. Mm. This was at half past nine in the morning. Mm. So we weren't talking about after dusk or when it's getting dark or when it's when you would expect that maybe there's going to be a subculture now coming out of the shadows, mm. whatever. This was in open daylight. People were shooting up drugs. They were yeah. inhaled. They were smoking it. They were drinking it. It was shocking. Mm. Shocking, and the, there is a whole area within Dublin that you should not walk. Now, if you're someone like me that comes up from Clonmel for the day because mm. we're involved in that Trinity longitudinal study on aging thing, you you're you're going up there, but you're going. You're thinking, okay, yeah, I'll I'll just get up, the tra- I'll get on the train, and I'll go, mm-hmm. and this will be a nice walk, and all the rest of it. I wouldn't do it again. Took is, a taxi is that the back. Bachelor's Walk uh, yeah. area yeah, there? On, yeah, on, on and and walking all along there, and I mean it's. It's rampant. And so why is there not something being done about that? Why would people be, like, in the back streets of Dublin off the main um, arteries? How can me and Phil living down here in Clamell and Cashel know exactly that that's what's happening in Dublin and then have government pretend, like Helen McEntee did this year, and say Dublin is safe? Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's not safe. John, do you you want to take that, John? 
Well, I don't, I don't subscribe. I don't think the minister subscribes and I don't subscribe to creating fear, to creating a whole atmosphere of fear around the place either. I don't think, I don't see what's to be gained by that. But if you're walking, I, I, if you're walking I know, I hear what she's saying. And I hear what Liam is saying. Yeah. And I do, like, look, I, just as a citizen, forget that I'm a, a, a councillor for the, one of the government parties. Just as a citizen, we all have to walk the same streets. We're all people yeah, who reside in, t- in the country. You should be able to walk the same streets in safety. You should be able to walk at any hour of the day and the night within reason that you're not going to ex- exploit yourself to all people falling out of a pub and they only have alcohol on board. Now you you cannot be guaranteed it's only just alcohol. There's more than likely a lot of drug use going on mm. and it's 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 normalised. So do, do, it do, is you, do norm- you want to continue with that point, I don't John? accept that it's normalised but I think that it is happening. I'm not... I'm not. Uh, I'm not living in a in cuckoo land that knows that it is happening, and I think it has been. It it there's huge challenges. Like let's face it, there's huge challenges, and nobody at this you know, around this uh, studio this morning has the solution. And if we're to be really honest, we don't have. Well, and there is no well, nirvana I, of a city in very, Western Europe either I, that doesn't have its I, issues. I, I, that, that's you know, a certainly a good uh, point. But am I being really simplistic if I say the policing is the solution? Hmm. Policing, of course, is where is key. But, it's, but it's, that's what you say. We don't have a solution, but is that we not do. the it solution? Is the, yes, but it, it is, and it has been worked on. But and I've heard arguments like I've raised this. I the very questions that the, the other panelists, my co-panelists today, are asking. I ask of senior ministers when I meet them if what, they come what to the do constituency. You hear, John? What do you hear? Oh, look, I hear. I, I make the very same cases to them, and I and they do listen. There is issues with with uh, employment in the Gardaí that, that the full... You see, the good side of Ireland at the minute is that we almost have 100% employment. Very skilled Gardaí are being recruited to the private sector out of the Gardaí. There is a serious issue trying to get people to join on Garda Síochána and to get trained up. And there, that that is the reality. Mm-hmm. And, like, we, I think they are, they are doing their level best in the situation that's mm. been presented to them. I think the government are doing their level but, but best. That, and I don't think it's last time. I, 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 I was concerned, all, John, about what I saw happening on, on Thursday night and Friday night and the difference in that because Gardaí have told me on this programme they're getting slapped on the wrist for the most yeah. minor things in terms of policing. And then all you see is they're allowed to go in with batons and it worked. Well, I, I, yeah. I, to be honest, I take your point on that, actually. I, I remember, as do everyone in this studio, because we're all old enough to remember... I remember when Excuse the English me? hooligans, <laughs> the English hooligan football fans were yeah. in what was then Lansdowne Road yeah. during that match, and they were ripping out the the, the, seats. the seats and throwing them out down onto the pitch. And I saw the guardie charge in there and batten. Quite, it was an mm. ugly scene. Now it was an ugly scene, and qu- quickly get them all out to the ferry in Dunleary or wherever that yeah. North Wall or wherever they were going back and stuck them on the boat and ki- waved yes. them away. I was proud of the guardie that day. I I thought. They dealt with the situation. I think they do need to be given a bit more yeah. freedom I mean, in now, terms now of they what can't they, chase, their response. They can't chase guys in cars. No, you see, they, this is the trouble. Yeah. The, the nanniness. But yeah. you see, the very same people that are well, looking that's the for government, strength John. now. That's but the hold government. on, Fran. The very same people that look for Gardaí to be, uh, after a crisis, to be given new powers are the very same people that advocate for every kind of let off for people on the other side of the fence yeah, but right. when times when ti- in peace yeah, times you, yeah. you, you, know, so you have the case where the Garda car went up the wrong arm yeah. of the, the, the motorway 
in in pursuit of of a particular yeah. the, the terrible outcome, um, and they got censured. Yeah. Like, I mean, they need to pay the guards more than what they're getting yeah. paid for yeah. anyway, because Sorry, it's Liam, a very, you, you I tell you, it's that. not yep. just simply checking somebody for your passport or your fix up me licence or my car was sitting up on the like, side of the road. As has been said this week, and, and let me let me localise it again. Let's forget about Dublin for a while. Let me localise it. The Cashel Garda Station. Cashel Garda Station, an announcement by the elected representatives last week, delighted it was going to be kept open while the refurbishments were going on in Hogan Square. It's going to be kept open for two and a half hours a day, three days a week and five hours one mm. day. I've just said to you, I, I can I can point out mm. to you that there's five or six youngsters going around Cashel at 12 o'clock mm. at night trying to get into cars. There's no Garda mm. presence. There was. But, but do million... you know that they are the current hours in the Garda I know. Station. This is the problem. Oh, right, okay. That is the yeah. problem, Fran. There's now a million people more than were in Ireland and were there 20 years ago. But mm. there are less Garda. Yes. So we have a bigger population. We have bigger towns. We have issues like that going on. If somebody from Cashel rings the guys, if, if somebody from Cashel sees somebody at their car, they've yes. got to ring care and they'll be lucky if they're in an hour because those poor lads in care and this is the problem people think we're having a go at the ordinary Gardaí the ordinary Gardaí are brilliant they're doing a fantastic job mm. they are being absolutely made a joke of by their own senior management and I know now I don't want to turn it political but it has to be for, for this one but the, the government have not given them the resources whether they've not given the senior management resources or whatever but we're, they're not going through training as Phil said they're sleeping in their cars they're mm. having to come up the country to support their, their colleagues yeah. based on WhatsApp messages. You cannot run a guard All right. force like let that. Me, let me just take another break. We'll be back in a moment. Tip today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. 